Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. It is the 30th of December 2014. It's the last show of the year. What a show it will be. What a show. I like how you bundled. At the beginning, you were you were full open. You were like, and then you were like, oh, 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 I'm Total Biscuit. Like you remembered halfway through. I should, like, oh, I should no. cover up. <laughs> <laughs> this is still a T for teen rated stream, ladies and gentlemen. I, I got you. Keep, I keep got it you. decent. You keep it decent, man. It's got to be done. Keep high standards. Yeah. High standards. Hey, this is new, I got this new bathrobe for Christmas alongside three other bathrobes. It's almost as if someone is getting the idea that I like to wander around the house in dressing gowns these days. Can't imagine where they got that f- feeling from, honestly. I don't know where oh, I, came I thought from. you said like fans were sending you bathrobes. No, no, no. Can we no, make no, that no. a thing now? No. Guys on the internet, look, you buy I'm going to stop you right now. We don't even have a P.O. Nope. box. And you know why we shut this P.O. box down? Your shenanigans. It's that is why. Hey everyone, if you want if you want to send TB bathrobes, send them to my P.O. box and next time I see him, I'll bring him a giant thing of bathrobes and force it upon him. Fucking asshole. I'll make it happen. Believe, believe in the bathroom. Oh my god. Our special guest today hunted and killed what he's wearing on his head today. He he plays a game that some know as Dota and many mm. other things besides, and is a member of the Yogs cast. He is Pyrian Flex. Welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. I do have a question. What why co-optional? What does that mean? I don't know what co-optional. Yeah, TV, means. what does that mean exactly? I, 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 it's a term that I came up with for games that have co-op, but intrinsically under the hood encourage you to fuck over the other people. I okay, like to it sounds it like Dota. Sounds a lot like Dota. Yeah. Yes, it actually does to some degree. <laughs> that was yes. our first name, the Dota Optional Podcast. Yep, Dota is sure. optional on this show, although probably not today, I imagine. It might come up at some point. Wouldn't you know yeah. it, we've been live for one minute and my curry's just arrived. Ah, uh, it's perfect <laughs> enjoy, timing. Enjoy. I, I told you, you're okay eating it on the show. You're yeah. a Dodger stand-in no, no, in today. No, so. I, I, will, I will resist the urge. You, you hear know that, how you can make Brooke? it up to Perian us? Perian Flax has more standards than you. Wear the, wear the, wear the Dodger wig. Dodger okay. wig. I'll put that on. Dodger wig. Dodger wig. And here, for the next 35 seconds, you can enjoy the pointless gimmick of the show before we go on to talk about even more pointless shit. Pointless there we go. Yeah. It's, it's blonde. Look at it. Isn't she beautiful? Dodger, when did you get here? Isn't she lovely? Hello. I had to clear my Dodger. fringe for the first time in 15 years. <laughs> you, you I know how that feels. Oh, wait. No, I don't. That's the problem. Yeah. It's a, I like it. I wish I did have hair like this. I could be Swedish with this hair. It's lustrous as well. Great is. to be here. Skull. Scavenger. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> You've got this the bone structure to be Swedish, perfect. i got to say. It's perfect. perfect. Yeah. It frames the cheekbones so well. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yeah, you really should grow your hair out. <laughs> yeah, I'll try that. Thanks for the, the tip. The problem is he did. <laughs> Permanently. <laughs> well, to the How commercial you, podcast. Jesse? Are you going to lose your hair Too at old. some point? Are you kidding me? Look look at that. It's going. Mm. It's yeah. going. That is un... It's going. I don't, I don't you, wish it on anyone. You still you have something comment. that could be described as a fringe. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> watch out. It's going. I cut it too short. I look like I'm just gone. I have to literally let mine grow as long as possible to hope to some of it falls over the forehead to be considered a fringe. In the meantime, I've got this giant mullet at the back when that happens. It's, it's never a good idea. Best part is there's be some kids in the crowd, like watching right now, like, oh, they're so old. 
One day it'll happen to you, you son yes, of a bitch. Yes, it will, you all. motherfuckers. <laughs> you Apart from those old guys, you see, those old guys with the still the per- they still have the same haircut they had when they were 20, but they still have that perfect Screw hair. Screw those guys. Yeah. Screw those guys. It's a toupee. Or they have that surgery where they take the hairs from the back of their neck and move it to the front. Have you seen that? It's crazy. Uh, Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because I did actually go in for a consultation on that. Uh, And it's pretty pricey, but it works. It is effective. They Uh, take your like back and neck hair and move it to the top. Yes, they do. Yeah, they literally implant it hair by hair. So it actually lives. Why would you do that? It mostly self-esteem issues. I mean, it's, it's not like, worth it. It's not worth yeah, it. Costs, self-esteem. Worth. That's why you would do it. It costs approximately ten thousand dollars per treatment, and sometimes people need two uh, to get like enough hair, basically. Um, but it actually works. Like it is the legitimate permanent solution. But apparently, the process takes like nine hours to do it because they individually transplant every fucking hair. It's not painful or anything. It just takes forever. But yes, I know all about this because I went into a consultation for it at some point just to find out what it was all about. I know my neck hair. I don't want that up here. That looked ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen the like hair on the rest of my body. <laughs> like a creep. Like he's weird. I don't look like, at hair on the rest of me and think, I wish this was on my head. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I concluded that a baseball cap was cheaper than the process. So <laughs> just yeah. like, yeah, you know what? I think that'll work fine. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. We sometimes talk about hair transplants, but occasionally we talk about video games. Coming up in the show, it's it's our 2014 roundup. Uh, very, very casual roundup. If, if you're thinking we're going to have plans <clears throat> or categories or anything like that, fuck no. Absolutely not. That is not going to happen. We, we're we not that organized. Come off it, really? Okay. I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. <laughs> I don't know. TV, when we got, when we when I logged in today, was like, we might talk about games you played this year. And I was like, I don't know that I remember games I played this year. <laughs> well, I hope you have. I mean, I, we'll, I was we'll, thinking about it. Like, Here's an idea. Watched- we'll, we'll, we'll start by talking about the games we've been playing this week, and then we'll work backwards. It'll be fine. Well, I watched your video. Uh, that was like, you know, my awesome cool awards show thing. Seven hours long. It's still shorter yes. than the game awards. <laughs> and and I, I I came to the realization that I did not like many games this year. Like there were yeah. a few standouts that were really impressive, but other than that, it was pretty disappointing. And I don't know if it was because of this weird transition between like the new consoles and everyone trying new things, but it felt like a lot of it was the same. I don't know. I don't know. It was we'll talk about that when we get to that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I don't think it's as disappointing a year as some people have made it out to be. I think the, some people have gone vastly over the top with saying, worst year in gaming fucking ever. Like, no, no, we've had, there have There's been some, some great games in it. Yeah. years in gaming. This was definitely not the worst. But it yeah. was like, I think a lot of people expected it to be a lot better because the, the new consoles were out and they've kind of had time to get past the the first wave of launch titles, which are always shitty, right? You know, we always know that. This has been the case with every console outside of maybe the Dreamcast, and even that had a lot of shit. Where the first, the launch titles were always going to be sh- flashy showpieces with no substance. It's the same reason why, like, hey, yeah, Rise, Son of Rome. It's like that game is boring as sin, but it looks pretty, so, you know, that's cool. And that then you expect- this year? Uh, no, it came out last year with the launch. That's all the whole right, point. Good. You know, I was worried. I was like, title. oh my god. It came out this year happened? on PC, if that counts. But all right. outside of that, you think, oh, right, well, now the second wave and third wave are coming out. Like, that's the good shit, right? You know, you're waiting for the good. And then it you realize that actually a lot of it's really disappointing. You're like, 
you know what? I haven't turned on my PlayStation 4 for much this year. That's, uh, that's not brilliant, actually. And I'm a bit sad about that. I didn't I, even I buy say... one. I don't, I don't even have one. I, I mean, I got an ex I got a PS3, and I just thought, why bother? Like, if it doesn't come to PC, I can't be asked. To be I'll tell you why. I'll tell you guys why. Over the past week, I have discovered the best reason to use a P uh, PS4. Okay. Uh, the PS4, where you can watch, I can't remember what it's called, but where you can watch other people stream on PS4. Yes. Uh, if you click the Playroom tab in that, where you watch people stream, all it is is a camera on them in their house. Yes. They're doing nothing, but there's a camera on them. So far this week, myself and, and some of my, my hoodlum friends uh, have... Hoodlum friends. Some, you don't have hoodlum you know, like, friends. You know, like uh, Gerard, you know, those guys, hoodlums. Um, <laughs> they, they, we, they, we've, I've seen some crazy things. First off, the thing that got me started was I tuned in to see a girl and her boyfriend on a couch, and the girl proceeded to, like, hump a sofa and then talk, like, scream at the camera and then go off screen to go get high and come back. Oh, yeah, it was great. And I was like, why is no what? one watching this? It was number two, number two streamed <laughs> thing on PlayStation 34 views. It was amazing. I was like, this is great. And then finally, at 4 a.m., maybe three nights ago, two nights ago, uh, 4 a.m., we were up really, really late. Alcohol might have been a factor. We turned it on to see what was on. And number one stream, 1,400 views, was two dudes getting high as kites in the background off this giant hookah laying on a couch while one of their girlfriends, question mark, like proceeded to strip on camera. And we were just like, what is going on right now? Number one PlayStation 4 stream. And we're just like, I don't know what's going on. And it, we kept watching it. 15 minutes, 25 minutes, and it kept progressively getting worse and worse. And we were like, this this girl's going to get naked. This girl is going to get, like, this shouldn't be a thing that's happening. Like, she, this this stream should be shut down. And it's clothes are coming off. We're just like, what is going on? They're actually Some letting Some guy's that talking happen. about, like, the chat is amazing. The chat's like, uh, half chat's like, ugh, you ugly fat whore. And the other half of the chat's like, take it off, baby. It's the internet in a nutshell. We were just like, this this is but what do you expect the, the chat to be on uh, you know in a glorified cam show you know highly respectful no come it on. was amazing and the best part was is the two dudes in the background one guy had this amazing like woof head on and he was just high as a kite reading the chat Did you on say his phone. wolf head well, like not like a like one of those like spirit hoodies, oh, but like it's a freaking the king wolf of the head. North. <laughs> like like a wolf head on his like it was amazing and he kept reading chat on his phone and be like Hey, hey, Alpha Six Seven, you're a dick. And like walk up and get in oh. front of the girl, and then people be like, "Get out of the way! We want to see the boobs!" It was amazing. I was like, "This is, this is PlayStation Network." Perfectly you know, summed up. It was great. I'm not 100 percent convinced that's a compelling reason to own a PS4. I'm just gonna put <laughs> that out am. there. I want to see what else is. I might go watch it after we're done here, because now that I've been thinking about it, that's a. It's hilarious. There's one called like um, it was called like. Two fat guys talk games. There was two dudes just sitting on a couch eating pizza talking games. And I was like, this exactly is what it awesome. says in the tin, really, isn't it? I was like, this is great. There was a, a there were there was one. It was called like house party, and there was just people at a house party. You couldn't hear anything except like the and there was lights and people dancing, but it was like maybe fifty people at a house party. Why there was a stream on? What the fuck's I don't the point? Know. So it's like it the was, wild west of streaming, basically. There's it like seems completely unregulated. Anything goes. You guys are yeah, pioneers. Oh. 
It, I, I would never stream on there. That sounds like a mess. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, really, very few people watch actual streams from the PS4 and Xbox One. It, it, if I, I can prove that right now by going to the list, which is on Twitch. The top Xbox One stream right now has 334 views. PlayStation 4 does a bit better. The top one for that is 1,000 views. Just to compare... Us talking bullshit on the internet currently has about 12,000 views and is growing. So <laughs> I, anyone that's kind of successful at streaming doesn't stream from a PS4. They stream with a capture card and do it properly. So it, the metrics are kind of weird. But it seems like the whole... The, both consoles got really into the idea that, oh, damn, we've got to do the streaming thing. And nobody gave a fuck. Like, they didn't. They don't care. I didn't even know they did it. Uh, but you know, I'm most not, people probably don't. not their yeah, their, their sort of key demographic because I don't own a console. But I mean, it doesn't sound like like why would you attack it now when Twitch are so big? Like I don't get it. Yeah, it was a bit of an odd one. That's just like uh, they had this impression that streaming became super important. And the thing is that like on a launch day, it still is for consoles because there'll be some people who were, who are very popular anyway who will probably just stream the game and sometimes like when something like like the had thing was the halo guardians beta came out there was a few people streaming that i think it's out right now and i'm pretty sure barely anyone's actually streaming it yeah it's not even on the top 10 there's a destiny stream going on at the moment that has a decent number of views but console games for streaming are not incredible like they they haven't done that well in comparison to PC games. If you if you look at the top 10 on right now, I think the only one that's actually like a legit console game is FIFA 15. I'm not even sure so if they're does it does it plug straight into Twitch or does it use yes. the PS... Like, okay, all right. Oh, well, that yeah, makes you sense. can basically stream direct from the PS4 to Twitch and I think to uh, Ustream as well. And it's it's a, it's a strange one. It's it just not a lot of people really use it. It's very easy to use, but like you can't do a lot with it. And I think that yeah. if you want to do streaming full-time, you need more functionality than what PlayStation gives. So One of the best parts about PlayStation is that it, uh, while you're streaming through their camera, it gives you little assets to use. And so you can have computer-generated things show up in your stream. And so one of the streams was this girl, like, fighting another girl? But there were little robots, little chibi robots watching the fight in the screen. And they would be like, ooh, as the girls are like wrestling it. It was amazing. I don't, I, I just want to point out, I have not used a PlayStation 4 for anything really, except for that. Except I've only for, just like, started using mine again. And uh, there, there were two things this year that I used my PS4 for, for. And that was Fibbage, which is now on PC, so I don't necessarily... I mean, I, I don't know, I still want it on PlayStation because it's much easier to, if, if you have people over, just to like, have them on the couch playing Fibbage than doing it from a fucking PC. And the other thing is Guilty Gear, which just came out this month and is fucking awesome. But outside of that, no, there's not really been anything on PlayStation 4 that I've been uh, doing, a, 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 like playing any significant amount of time on. It's not been worth if it. You have, uh, if you have like people you can play with or you want to play... Different games. Uh, Speakeasy is a really fun game. I've heard that's okay. It's it's real simple. It's like the most basic simple game, but it's a party game. It's like 1920s uh, fighting, but it's not. It's like a rock, paper, scissors. So you have to know when to attack, no one to block, no one to feign. And then when you win, you knock the person's head off. And it's like Amelia Earhart versus Charlie Chaplin, things like that. But it's 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 a lot of fun. It's... I sat down to play it thinking I'd be really frustrated, 
two hours later, it was like, we're like, this game's great. Like, this is a lot of fun. It's a good, like, multiplayer party game. So yeah, that's that's PS4. Yeah. I kind of yes. think, like, the, the, the whole point of consoles for me now, if I had one, would be if I lived somewhere where I had tons of friends around that came around to play games. But with, I mean, because online gaming used to be terrible, right? Now that everybody's got super fast internet, I don't get the, I, don't, I would never play a multiplayer game online on a console. I don't understand why people do it. If you do it, good luck to you. Yeah, I, I've just had no real desire to play console multiplayer games online, really. It just isn't a great reason to do it. It's easy to play online on a PC, and I find it less... I don't, I don't know what it is. I think when I... Okay, I've identified it. I know what it is now. So <laughs> when, I go to, when, I, when I go to sit down in front of the TV, I do that because I want to get away from the internet, not connect to it. So mm. I have no desire to play online multiplayer games in that room. It's that simple. That's it, interesting. There's, it, I, I experienced this playing Destiny. I forgot I played Destiny this year. I think I blocked it out of my mind. Um, I understand why I don't like playing console games. When I'm on PC, when I hit a load screen, especially in Shadow of Mordor, this was an issue for me. In the load screens in Shadow of Mordor, you get backstory, and there'd be songs and like lore and stuff, but it would load so quickly I'd miss it, right? On when I sit down on a console to play, especially in Destiny, the load screens were atrocious. It was like They're I logged long, in, now man. I'm loading in and loading and loading, and I'm watching <sighs> that damn plane just fly, and it's flying and it's flying, and I'm just waiting for shit to load. And Peter Dinklage is saying something to me that I don't care about. And it's like loading, loading. It drove me crazy. And then the online connectivity and just it was a mess. And the fact that in order to support the game in your world, there could be maybe five people six people playing like around you like in order to keep it all stable and i was like this isn't fun like if that's what console gaming is that's not fun yeah yes i I honestly think console games tend to be fun when the people you're playing with is someone close enough for you to to shout in their face when you do something to them i think that's are they within arm's reach can you backhand the fucker if so then you've got a good console gaming experience then you're playing the console game yes i mean that's that's why i'm glad that you can't play dota on consoles and couch co-op because it would be the most violent (laughs) fucking thing i i played awesome noughts in that configuration and that was pretty rough (laughs) but that well they tried with the steam box right they had the steam box controller and apparently you could play dota with it i know there's some footage of Gabe Newell sitting, staring at the TV that was at a really high angle, and I thought, that's not going to work. And he was like looking at it like this and playing with the Steam controller, and it was like, this isn't going to work. So Because I, I think they were trying imagine. to use PC games with a... I, I mean, I, I can't play a shooter with a console controller. No, I can't. No. They, can I. They're, they're trying to design a mouse and keyboard replacement that's acceptable and palatable to people that want to play on PC. And up to this point, they haven't managed to do it, which is why the damn thing isn't out yet. You know, they're still developing it. But I can't imagine a single instance where I'd want to play a game like that with a controller. You would have to redesign the game completely. You'd have to do what kind of Guardians of Middle-Earth did, which is make it a little bit more of like an action RPG. The problem is like Dota requires you to click on specific small targets. Whereas if you want to make a game like that, you've got to do like what Awesome Nuts did, which is like, hey, it's a 2D scroller, and it's more of like yeah. a platform shooter with Dota right, right. elements in it. And that works yeah. much, much better. But the the standard PC style things, I think you could probably do it with Smite. I've actually heard that people do play Smite with a controller, and it's not that bad because it's it's a lot of stuffs cones in that game, and like kind of big AOEs that are a bit easier to aim. And there's it's a like Dynasty bit... Warriors kind of, where, kind yeah. of, yeah. 
Yeah, kind of. You know, because you're kind of just slashing away with your weapon, mm-hmm. and like there's a there's a little bit of auto aim on it, so projectiles have a little bit of homing here and there. You never have to click on a specific target, and Dota's all about that shit. Like even yeah. more so than League of Legends. Most, yeah. I, I'm right in thinking that most skills in that game are not skill shots, right? They're actual direct clicks. Um, I'm trying to think of some. There's Clockwork's hook, Pudge's hook. Mm-hmm. There's there's some AOE spells you have to target, like a lot of the stuns. Yeah, there's and a stuff, few cones but, here and there. Yeah. But there's most not many it. things that are... Most of it is click on the guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's most of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it makes sense because, you know, Dota came from Warcraft 3, and that was all about clicking on guys. So, exactly. It's uh, like an RTS, so yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's so, you know, it's fine. It's just the way that the game is. But, I mean, it's, there's no chance we'd ever work on that. You know, I tried a, a, a couple of the, the MOBA titles that are available on iOS. I played Vainglory. They actually didn't do a terrible job, I've got to admit. Like, it's not nowhere near as good as anything that's available on PC, but I could see, like, having a tablet with me at some point and just kind of getting a game together with three people in the same place and just like, hey, yeah, let's just play a round of Vainglory because it's like 20 minutes. Not awful, actually. Like, it controls surprisingly well on a touchscreen. You know, the, the weird thing about um, Dota and, and games like that for me is that this has been the year when everybody, and last year as well, seems to have been bringing out a million and one games that are just like Dota and League of Legends. And my thing is, they all look and feel and play similarly, but they're like, oh, we'll make it simpler, or we'll change this, or we'll change that. Yeah. Where is the complete reinvention of the idea of what it is? Why don't they change it? It's always lanes, it's always farming, you always level up. Why don't someone come in and say, hey, we're going to take this basic idea and do something completely different, but they don't. They all say, what's working, Well, we, we'll do we, one like that. We said that two years ago on this podcast about... MMORPGs. It's this, everyone's trying to jump on that bandwagon and get on, but the reinventing process is much more difficult. And I feel like people that, that you know, the time it takes to make a game, rather than reinvent it, they're like, just get one out, just get one out with our IP and make it happen. Yeah. And you know, but yeah, I just more- figure it's going to cost them. Think how much money they have to spend <clears throat> on marketing it, on promoting it, on trying to get people to play it. All that. I mean, that must cost them an absolute fortune. If they could come in and say, "Hey, we're going to do something completely different here. It's going to be a whole new setting. We're doing away with lanes. We're doing something different." I mean, I mean, a lot of those games like came from Dota, which evolved over a long period of time. So maybe the fact that it's much harder, as you say, to come up with something brand new. But somebody's got to do it. Come on. It can't, how hard can it be? Well, I mean, the closest thing we've got at the moment is probably Heroes of the Storm. Uh, it abandoned certain Still things. Still very similar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not detached too much. But I think if you detach so far, then it, it's not even the same genre at that point. It's It gets to, like, like say, like uh, let's say Bloodline Champions, for instance. Uh, some people said, oh, that's a MOBA. Well, is it? Like, have you played it? There's no lanes, there's no farming, there's no money. All skills do the exact same damage, there's no leveling up. At that point, is it even the same genre? It's I compared mm. it more to like a... It, it was weirdly, I think, more like an arena shooter. It's like an arena real-time that, yeah. strategy than yeah. it was an actual, like, kind of Dota game. I think the the nature of lanes and the nature of farming and things like that, there's only so far you can move away from that before you just detach from the genre entirely. And I, I suppose you've got to boil it down to why why is it that people like these games? Right? What is it that's compelling about them? And there's a few things you can identify. I think the idea that if you boil it down to what it is, which is an, like an action RPG, then you get to level up a hero from one to max level in like a 45-minute match. 
where it's it's almost like playing an MMO kind of in a compressed time scale. You know, you start yeah, off being yeah. really shitty and then you hopefully end up being not so shitty by the end of it. And that power progression is like compelling and interesting and fun. It's always fun to buy a new item. It's like, hey, I'm more powerful now. Let's go fight. Yeah. And I don't think you can really get away with not doing that. Even Heroes of the Storm said, well, we won't do items, but we'll do talents which are kind of right. the same thing. And each of them is going to make you feel more powerful. That, that element of progression has got to be there. And if it's not there, then I think that you lose a lot of the audience because people just don't care anymore. That's like, well, what's, what's, why should I play the match? Like, what's compelling? So what is this? I mean, because Overwatch is coming out mm -hmm. sort of, is that next year? That's kind of... Isn't I that like class-based? Yeah, isn't that like class-based? And, and are there levels yes. in it? Have they tried to There's combine no levels the two? In it. So Okay. There's no levels, but they're different classes. You can switch between classes mid-battle. Each class has its own sort of uh, set of abilities and super things. So as you play, you sort of like have a bar that keeps ticking up, and then eventually you can unleash your super skill. Um, there's a, yeah, it's it's. I like what they're doing with it. It's it seems very Team Fortressy, but like next level Team Fortressy. Right. And right. Uh, we'll see. I mean, each map has multiple paths and ways to get through it and each character has ways to do it and so we'll see i i think it's a pretty cool sort of see that kind of sounds like they've taken some elements very yeah you know like on a, a very lower level of the both, yeah because when i heard about it i thought maybe that's the next direction because people like first person stuff i think third person stuff and rts that's one thing but people do mm -hmm. seem to enjoy the immersion that first person stuff gives so it's i think it's because they like gave that. them moba style abilities like, yeah. It isn't like yeah. a normal arena fighter where I have a big gun and I have a little gun and I have a sniper rifle, right? It's I'm a giant tank and I have a shield and I can like put down other shields and then I'm a little tiny sprite girl and I can zip around with blinks and I can do multiple and like rewind it's not, time. It's not and crazy the first shit. game to do that, like uh, right. in but uh, most of them are not first person shooters. The, the game that did that the most was probably Monday Night and Super Monday Night yeah, Combat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like Superman and I come out in particular, <clears throat> tried to also be kind of like Dota. It it had lanes, it had creeps and things like that. Monday Night Combat was less yeah. so. And there's there's obviously a bit of TF2 in there, and there's a bit of like every class based multiplayer shooter that's ever existed. Like there's some Titanfall. Titanfall had some element of that yeah. where you farmed and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you leveled Titanfall, up a bit, sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some Team Fortress Two. There's some Wolfenstein Enemy Territory in there. There's a bit of Brink. There's maybe Quake Wars, and there's a few other things that. It's maybe even like a little bit of Savage in there as well, which was an awesome game. I mean, you could even argue that something like Savage was kind of Dota-esque in some ways. Mm. Particularly Savage 2, because they actually gave each class a set of like hotkeyable abilities there. And that was more of a third-person shooter and melee combat game. But Blizzard are kind of doing the, the thing which Blizzard always does, which is... Yes, they'll take combat. They'll take concepts which are familiar and they'll adapt it just enough to be just different enough to be compelling. Yeah. And that's that's like Overwatch in a nutshell, I think, along with Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm and all the other stuff that they make, which is fine. I mean, I I don't mind that. I I don't really have any desire, I think, to play any other Dota style games that aren't Dota or Smite at the moment. I think Smite is different enough to Dota to play both and get a different kind of feeling out of each. But mm -hmm. with Dawngate going the way of the Dodo, I have to wonder: Will they keep trying to make more traditional Dota style games? Or are we going to see like people try to vastly depart from it? Because there's there's a game called Gigantic, I think, that's coming out. Uh, I think that I played that somewhere. My understanding of that game is that, I mean, they're calling it a team action game, 
my understanding of that game is that it's something of a kind of first person shooter esque Dota game. It, it looks... I did play it. I did. You play did it. play it. Okay, tell us about Gigantic then. Okay, so um, it feels very much like um, uh, oh yeah, it's oh god, it's such a weird combination. Okay, so. You have different characters, and very much like Overwatch, each character has different abilities and, and things they can do uh, that feels very MOBA-like, right? And so there are different healers and different things that, you know, different attacks. There's one person that can go invisible and sneak around stuff. At the same time, you're trying to capture points around the map. And those points uh, have, have guardians on them, and you kill the guardian, and then you get a guardian of your own. You can select which guardian you want. It could be a healer. It could be a big-ass tank thing. It can do whatever. And the more of those you collect, you then gain the ability to summon a giant-ass super guardian who will attack the enemy base. And so you're basically fighting uh, in order to get your this super guy to go attack. It feels very much like old Alterac Valley did a little bit. That it sounds feels, like a bit like Strife as well. Yeah, there, there's so many things that, that, that are happening in it. But it's this massive combination of all these things. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I remember losing, so it wasn't that fun. But it was the teams that we played. It was it was great. Um, the, is this I a video played, that you're running now, TB? Yeah, by it the is. Way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this I played as trailer. you see that little the little tiny fat dude with the potions. I played as him, and he can like chuck yeah. heals and chuck potions and and it's third do person, all sorts right? of different things. What now? Is it third person? Uh... Yes, yes. You're playing like just above like your character, so you're, it's not okay. first person. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a game. Oh, but there's some pre-alpha gameplay here. Let's have a quick look at that. I just. I want to know what kind of what it looks like. There we go. Okay. Yeah. And so the Is dude he... who's like the owl, the owl guy who has that, like he can like blink around and fly around. If I'm not mistaken, I didn't play as him, but that's what it looked like. Uh, yeah, gigantic's great. And so you oh, summon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's smite fight. perspective. Definitely smite perspective. Yeah. It, does it feel more like a, an action game, though, or does it actually kind of feel like Smite? I always felt like Smite it gets the perspective, like right? Okay, so, you know, here's the, the logical progression for me of this genre is getting it to the point where it doesn't actually feel like you're playing World of Warcraft, and it feels like the attacks that you're doing and the kind of the combos that you're pulling off are more like a like kind of God of War or something along those lines. More like an actual action game. Instead of mm. it being sort of a third-person action RPG, which Smite and Gigantic very much seem to be. I mean, this looks fun. Don't get me wrong. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. give it a try. Uh, this, this it's is a, a little, lot of fun. This little robot dude looks uh, pretty cool. Uh, but uh, but that, I think that, that would be the next place that I would like this to go. The sort of ob ob objective-focused progression, like in-game progression-based gameplay, but that also has some really, like, nice, a nice set of mechanics instead of, like, there are four buttons and there is an auto-attack. You know, I want to see, well, you've got, like, a four-button combo and you can block and you can dodge and you can, or you can, like, get... That would be... So here's a cool idea. What if you bought items that actually unlock new combo moves? So you, you know how, like, in God of War, you, like, learn new moves and you get new weapons and shit? What if that was what the game was all about in the progression? You start off with, like, very basic combos, but you unlock the ability as you progress to... Sort of like... Did you ever play a game called Conan? It was on the PS3, I think. It was like... Yeah, you might not have seen it. I actually still have it. Just an it was action like a, game. It was like, like, yeah. yeah, it was. It was sort of um, third-person-ish view. You enter the... 
sort of zone, you kill guys, and it's like that. You level up, and you can level up different trees of combos, so you can go down a sort of more of a cutting off heads road yeah. or you know other routes. It, it, it was a ton of it was a terribly buggy game. It had some awful elements in it. The animations were terrible, but I played it through like three times. It's one of the few games I just played through three times because killing people never gets old, man. Yeah, there's Battleborn coming out as well, isn't there? And that looks cool. I I keep I keep getting mixed up because there's another one that's called Battle as well, and I can't remember which is which. I keep getting mixed up between the two. I think the other one's Battle Cry. Battleborn's a gearbox game, isn't it? They're calling that a hero shooter, which is. Uh, let me see if I can get the trailer for that one. So, and that, from what I can tell, it's like they have they have taken their experience in making games about shooting pointless waves of enemies with boring guns and translated it to multiplayer which seems like it could be maybe be okay but it's hard to say i'm just trying to find some like proper trailer footage you know the, the funny thing for me is when you talk to i mean i talk to a lot of players and the management for teams and stuff involved in dota and a lot of them say that they're worried that the game is going to die like that that last year was its biggest year and that it's going to go downhill from here i really? mean everybody says that yeah everybody says that about every game when they're involved in it. they're like oh it's dying it's on its way out i, I are, play starcraft I, too I, that's a game that is legitimately at risk of possibly dying right right well this year so sorry 2015 so next year there are already someone told me 27 dota lan events organized and set okay. up and lined up and everything like that yeah and the problem is a lot of the same teams go in around and around and around. They just play tournaments. They just play tournaments. And so I think in a funny way, the pro scene is the biggest part of Dota. Like that's one of the things that drives it is those big pro tournaments, those big games, because that inspires people to go play the games. And the meta keeps changing because of patches and things. So if that starts to decline, I do wonder if it'll turn into TF2 where there are just like hat farmers everywhere. And it's just huh. kind of getting an actual game game. Uh, will be more more and more difficult. Because at the moment, everybody that I play with and against seems to be trying to improve and they're focused on how to get better. But it's that that's not sustainable if, if the pro scene dies out. And I do think a lot of the pros are saying, we need a union, which is like the big thing. Um, I mean, it worked for StarCraft 2. A lot of those players were really protected. People can say that it didn't work. To some degree. For the players. For, yeah, but for the players, I mean... They're getting screwed left, right, and central center by by uh, so many organizations. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that's pretty bad. And I know uh, there was there was news actually quite recently about the Counter Strike thing. We, we were talking about that before the show, where there's teams who are getting. Uh, I think it was Virtus Pro have basically said we are not attending these events because they didn't pay us on time or they still haven't paid yeah. us. So some of what they said was a little hasty and they retracted some yes. of it. Like they yeah. slagged off some organizations that were like, we've been trying to pay you, but you won't give us your bank details and stuff. So yeah. I think a lot of it was angry. But but that frustration is probably born out of genuine frustration. They probably because there are organizations pay. like that. Yeah, exactly. Star StarCraft 2 went through this in the first couple of years. And, I mean, you were mentioning Kesper before the show and Kesper does have a good amount of clout. Like they will not take any shit in Korea. And they also get very pissy if organizations, foreign tournaments that they send their players to don't pay up on time because they'll say, oh, you won't pay up on time. Well, guess what? We're not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sending any of the most popular players in the world to you ever again. And we'll make exactly. sure that, you know, even the non-Casper players, of which, by the way, there are basically none now in Korea. Like in Korea, there is only one non-Casper team now and I run it. And everyone else is in Casper <laughs> or on a foreign team at this point that's not actually based out of Korea. But yeah, I mean, unionizing and just like kind of uh, legitimizing esports is definitely a very important thing. 
And it, it is kind of crazy, though, for people to be worried about Dota. You're saying, like, there's 27 LAN events planned for next year already. Uh, yeah. StarCraft 2 has actually, for the last couple of years, had an oversaturation problem, if you can believe it. There's, there's so many fucking tournaments. We have a tournament yeah. every day. Every day. Obviously, it's not a LAN event always, but there's always some tournament running. It's, if it's not a LAN event, it's going to be an online event. And people have I said mean, for on, the longest time it's event, just too I much. Think an on- online event would be good. I mean, they recently had um, Dota Cinema organize the captain's draft. I think XMG it was called. And it was a big success. And a lot of people are wondering, was it a success because they had a compendium that went with it and loads of items? And their items were really, really cool. Or was it a success because... God, I wish we could the, do that the, in StarCraft. The team, yeah, exa- I mean, loads of people. That's Whenever I talk to StarCraft people, they're like, oh, man, that would be so cool. Like, there's so many things that Dota yeah. have got right. Yeah, the, the monetization so of it. Exactly. Way, way, way behind. But, I mean, it's weird for, question. for Blizzard. Yes, yeah, please. So, esports in general, as mm-hmm. as a sport, uh, I just add like the epiphany because everyone wants to make esports like sports, right? Like, yes, it's big, it's money making, mm-hmm. but football. Let's take football, both European and American, whatever, right. or okay. baseball or basketball. Mm-hmm. That game fundamentally does not change. In 50 years, yes. 60 years. It's the same thing they were playing. They might have updated the pads and the helmets. They might have updated the way the ball looks, right? But it's the same game. These games, eventually, <laughs> their life cycle will die. And I can't help but wonder, in the esports world, like if you're a you know league pro or you're a Dota pro, like where does your – like? It's a very interesting thing because it's all about like as much money as you can now because eventually this will be dead. And and you're yeah, even yeah. saying like Dota, people are like it's gonna die. And it's a weird thing because in sports in general, that's not an issue, right? It's like it's about my career, not the career of the game. The game will always be there. It's about me yeah, yeah. doing the best I can in it. And it's interesting to think that in esports, that's not the way it is at all. So like, how do you think that affects the way? tournaments are run and the way money's grabbed at and the way people approach it because it's when you think about it it's totally different than other sports and when people are like we're gonna make it a sport we're gonna i think they just um someone it might have been like rob pardo might have said like put it in the olympics yeah rob pardo did a recent interview (laughs) that said it should be uh, he's not the first person to actually say that and it's not like the olympics doesn't have kind of a lot of weird stuff and chess was confirmed as a sport by the olympic committee so that's kind of the logic a lot of people have used but but again chess hasn't changed doesn't change the rules yeah yeah i mean it's it's weird there are some sports that do change the rules. I mean, Formula One is a good example. Like, they change the rules for car design every year. I think NASCAR does a similar thing as well. So, motorsport in particular. But, but, but it's still, you're going around in a circle. You're driving Yeah, you're a still race. going like, around in a circle. It's still but the, same the thing, thing is, like, they don't use the same courses every year. You know? That right, but, but, TB, the guys the that are thing. good, the guys that are good at driving, if they change the rules, it's still the same thing. They drive right. as fast as they can sure. around the course. Esports is really not like good that. at CSGO and suddenly CSGO falls off the map and some other shooter comes along. How ah, many players yeah. can make the transfer? Do you know what I mean? That's the right. thing is that the, you suddenly have to have that whole rebirth of a scene again every single time. It's yes. like this sort of weird Genesis thing and then it grows, it has problems and they say, oh, this Which happened. Think, in, uh, you know. Yeah, I think that makes the esports community a really strange one in that if you're the player, you're constantly afraid of getting the shaft from companies yeah, trying to screw you out of money. Or, yeah, or they, yeah. like, it seems like, it, and then the game could die. And so it's really, like, it seems like a volatile scene that right now is in its heyday and it's crazy. And it probably will only get bigger, but eventually something like 
something needs to I, I agree completely. There has to be like some sort of union or something to sort of like back up the players because players are just out on a ledge. They and anything that can are. happen can screw them hardcore. And, and the, it's not the like worst that anywhere thing is, else. They're out on a ledge. And this th this is the thing that you have with professional athletes a lot. If you look at, and I'm talking about uh, world football, not American football. It's not just played in Europe. I just want to point that out. So world, world football. I was trying uh, to make the distinction between know, like football the, and football. The, the game right? with the round ball, right? Well, hereby game. we and refer hand, to American football egg, as yes. hand egg, right. yes. Right. Yes, so egg. round ball game. A lot of those guys that come through the academy, they're like 14, 15, 16. They hit the, the point where it's like yes or no. And most of those kids have dedicated most of their school life. They're playing football. They're not studying or whatever. And suddenly it's like, well, you didn't make a kid tough. With esports, you have to go further because they're playing in their late teens, early 20s when you should be working or yeah. university or something like that. So they're even, in a way, they're even more out on a limb because it is full-time. It absolutely is full-time. It's also they worth don't pointing do out else. that it's something you mentioned there is kind of critical, that they're doing it kind of through school and the school supports that. In particular in yeah, America, yeah. football scholarships are a real thing. Esports yeah. scholarships, not so much. I mean, you get... Yeah. If someone wants to play in the NBA, chances are, if the parents think that they can, they will massively support it because the payoffs are huge. You get to play mm. in the NBA. Fuck. I mean, you know, your parents are set for life. You want to play StarCraft 2 or you want to play Dota 2. It's hard to convince parents of that. It's understandable because honestly, esports is a pretty fucking terrible career path. I'm yeah. going to be entirely frank with that. It's if you're already in it and you're already pretty good and you got to that point because, well, maybe you just played the game and you just happened to get really good at it and then you decided to kind of make a career of it, I, I can get behind that. But if you come in and you start from the bottom with the intention of becoming a pro gamer, I think that is a very risky thing to do. And as yeah. you said, the steens are highly unstable. Games die off. And the reason they die off, I think, is because they never really get big enough to be sustained purely off the viewership experience. Whereas American football, soccer, et cetera, et cetera, it does. Like it doesn't yeah, yeah. it does not matter how many people go and play Sunday football down the park. It makes no yeah, difference yeah. to the bottom line. The industry continues to grow. If League right. of Legends suddenly loses its player base, it's fucked. Because the majority of the money, in fact almost all of the money supporting that game comes from Riot. And of course the viewership comes from people that often play the game. Uh, StarCraft has a similar problem. Dota has a similar problem. It's inherently unstable, and you've got to watch yep. out for that stuff. And as you said, skills, to some degree, are transferable. Certainly mindset, competitive mindset, is transferable. I mean, we know Grubby played Warcraft 3 and is, was also a successful StarCraft 2 player. Not top tier, but pretty good. And obviously, a lot of the Koreans transferred from StarCraft 1 and 2, which are completely different games. But transferring like from, say, Counter-Strike to a different shooter or from Quake to anything... You know, I yeah. mean, what's Fatality doing these days? Um, nothing. I mean, he's selling motherboards and sound cards, really. He's a businessman. Yeah. I think the, the, the worst part is, when you think about it, is in uh, competitive sports like, like football or basketball or whatever, if you're a player, after you've reached your peak and, and you know, you've reached an age where you can't play anymore, you're just not as good as the people who are coming up, and, and you're, you're out, you have the option to be a coach or to be a commentator, or all these different things. Or, yeah, or a that trainer. Sports too. But the problem is, is that the games of, of these other sports, they don't change. So you can bring your yes, knowledge yes. back to it. Mm -hmm. And in, in eSports, once you age out, or once you're not good anymore, if you go back to try and train or coach or whatever, the game could have totally changed by then. So it you're can. like... Like, how can you help? And so... Worst case scenario I, is when that game dies and you want to transfer to another one because learning 
learning an esports game to the point where you can actually commentate is a lot of fucking work. People mm-hmm. ask me, it's like, why don't you commentate Dota? It's like, you've played hundreds of hours. Yeah, and I'm shit because I've only played hundreds of hours. Like, <laughs> let me, I'll, I'll get back I'm to you when I'm... and I still cast games. Like, I, uh, having skill is, is, is not necessary if you, if you can somehow make it work. I you've got to make it entertaining. Like, you, you've really, yeah. it's not even about like being good. I'm terrible at StarCraft. I can commentate, but obviously I still get criticism because I don't know the game as well as some of the pro gamer, ex-pro gamer commentators and the really high level guys. But I think I can make it entertaining enough. Dota terrifies me. I would I wouldn't commentate it. It scares the shit out of me. It's like I don't even remember half the abilities. Like, well, how the you know, hell the am I supposed thing, to do that? I, I think if you've played um, if you've played uh, enough Dota, you can keep up with it. But like you said, making it entertaining as well is difficult. Whereas for conventional sports, if you want to commentate conventional sports, if you played it thirty years ago, you don't need to go into such analysis, especially if you're just the main caster. You just call yeah. the play. Yeah, you do. Like if you're the if, if you're the main commentator for something like Dota, people expect you to pick out far more detail than you would from watching, say, a goal scored. Like it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a much yeah. slow like those professional those sort it's of hard. physical games are much slower. In Dota, you've got to watch ten people all casting spells, all, all interacting. In minimum of three exactly, different places. Exactly, it's ridiculous. It's much harder. It's much oh, yeah. harder. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that is that's an interesting conversation really about esports. You know, it's it's just a, a very strange sort of unstable industry at the moment, and we don't know what the next big game is going to be because they pop out out of out of nowhere. I mean, I think a lot of people predicted that StarCraft would become a successful esport, and it did, but it's falling off. I don't think most people predicted that Hearthstone would become a successful esport, <laughs> and it yeah. has. And, and that's, that's, I don't know if that's Blizzard power or something else. Like, how much of that is down? I mean, but again, it's something where you can watch well, and do. You know, it's something you can watch and put that I think, into practice. I think that's really what makes it popular. But I've spoken to a lot of people that don't like watching Hearthstone esports, and I'm one of them. I love I watching player streams. I, I like watching from the perspective of a player because I can kind of put myself in their shoes. And I can also, I can, there's a lot of schadenfreude in it because if something shitty happens to them, like, I feel good about myself because I'm a horrible human being. Like, it's really cathartic because I'm like, <laughs> That fucker, like that ga- that fucking mage, and I could just rage about that, and everyone like in the chat is like, fuck mages, fuck hunters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the esports side of things where you know what everyone's got, oh god, I doze off. Like, I just don't find that entertaining at all. It's, especially considering a lot of it's decided by draws, and, you know, I I, I embrace the RNG aspect of Hearthstone, because I, it's a casual card game, and I play it like a casual card game. And yeah, I can watch people be good at it, but it's still ultimately someone being good at a casual card game. And that's fine for entertainment's sake, but once you get into competitive, I'm like, mm, no, no, it's not for me, it's not for me. I will, I will just say that a lot of the criticisms that people make about Hearthstone with regards to RNG, um, I used to play a lot of poker, and I used to work on poker tv shows and stuff and people that are bad at poker make the exact same arguments mm. that they make in hearthstone which is yeah. oh it's it's all it's mainly luck but that's why the good players ride to the top because they've got that edge and yeah you're gonna lose some games you're gonna get screwed over yeah. but on the whole good players will always rise to the top it's true in poker it's true in hearthstone mm. i think the majority of the problem with people is that they look at it on game by game basis and card games in particular should never be looked like like, like. as you're saying about poker the best players lose hands all the time because, yeah. But there's loads of hands. Like, that's the point. The game has a lot of hands. It's like saying, oh, well, shit, you lost a, a game in in tennis. It's like, yeah, but, I mean, that's you, you lost... It, I'm trying... What's the tennis terminology? <laughs> shit, it's gone. Except you got, you point, got sets. Point set match. Yeah. Game set and Game match. set match, yes. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah, like, whatever. oh, you lost the game. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> nice a, an actual <laughs> game of tennis lasts, like, a couple of minutes. 
Like, and then you're talking about the sets because, and that, and it averages it out over time. And card games, like the biggest example of that, because you're talking yep. about the law of averages over a period of time, which allows like a player to rise to the top. That's why Trump is like high legendary rank and shit like that. It's like, well, it's an RNG game. How does he win more than 50% of the time? Because you can lose games and it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, I lost that game because I drew badly. He drew well. Doesn't matter because I played a hundred games today. And it's yeah. that metric that measures how skillful I am, not like the fact that I just lost this last game. But I can see people that like play a small number of games will get mad at it. Like I, I, I logged in this morning and I dropped five games on my legendary deck and I lost like two of them and then I won three. I was like, okay, cool, you know. And that was like a what thirty minute session at most. Right, and that's the way you got to look thing, at it. As you say, it's a casual card game. I mean, yeah. with something like poker, people will sit and play multiple tables for hours on end because you're not going to make a huge amount of money because i mean in hearthstone is different like you said you can play a game a couple of times a guy might might concede when you've got the board at like you know five man and you've got four. four minions it's like yeah, you may literally like... lose on turn three like and you couldn't yeah, yeah. do a damn thing about it like there's all those stupid scenarios like this guy went um dust devil coin dust devil and like and you had no answer in your hand because you mulligan badly and like shit, uh, fuck, can't do anything. And then like next turn, he he buffs one of them, hits you again, then like drops a uh, flame tongue totem, and you die. And you just say, okay, you chalk it up to, to statistics, and you move on. That's it. That's the only I do thing wonder you can do. One of the answers to sort of removing that element of luck that people obviously have a problem with. I know that there are different game modes in other competitive games and and sort of multiplayer games. Why not have different modes for Hearthstone where you can even set sort of when you mulligan or you know you can choose two of your starting four cards or something like that so mm. that you can remove some element of the rng from it so because yeah. if you just start you've just you've got spells and they're all like eight mana and you think well i'll ditch those and you get another bunch of spells and it's You're all like, well, eight mana again i'm like fuck you know, it would be like well why can't i get rid of two and pick two from the deck and then he does the same and boom we've got a game that's why you need a Shaman Murloc deck. Ah. You'll always be ready to play. <laughs> well, have you played, uh, Jesse, have you played it now since Goblins versus Gnomes? Now that there's a legendary that helps, like, that gives yes, you, like, four I, Murlocs? I remade my Murloc deck, and it's ridiculous. The problem is, is that in order to make it work, I had to ditch some spells. And those spells, it turns out, were so helpful. And so it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass, because now I have all these Murlocs, which are great. But now everyone has abilities that are like, kill all your one... And you're two life guys, like, ugh. And so you're just throwing guys down, and they just keep dying. And so you're just trying to overwhelm them. And it's, you know, what a murloc should be, but it's still a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, when you commit too much, it's only a 30-card deck at the end of the day. When you commit too right. much to going gimmick, then you're going to have to sacrifice something. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Totally okay with that. That's yeah, because it's fun. You don't you don't sound okay with that. You sound like you're holding back some anger issues. Look, the hell that fucking core hound. Like, I have PTSD from last night when I streamed. I played Ancestor's Call, which is a spell that randomly summons one minion from each person's hand. I put it in my legendary deck because, like, I play that a four mana and I suddenly get like fucking Ysera on the board. It's amazing. But it summoned him a core hound, which is a 9-5. Like, why he even had it in his deck, I don't know. And <laughs> right, then right. next fucking turn, he drops Rockbiter Wind Fury and hits me for 24 fucking damage in the face. And I just concede because I'm just <laughs> immediately dead. I'm just laughing for a solid minute. And that's the only way you can treat that game. You've got to laugh. You have yeah, to. Yeah. 
It's it's RNG bullshit a lot of the time. Just deal with it. That's kind of where half the because that's where the best moments come from too. You know, you've just got to yeah, accept agreed. that and not get pissed off. Anyway, I think we should move on from Hearthstone because people in the chat get salty when we talk about it too much. <laughs> but how much Dota have you played this year, Pyrian? I've I've played a decent amount. I think like the first half of the year I Have played a lot, and then like kind of once the treatment started, I think I dialed off it a bit because I think Dota might give me double cancer. So you know, how much uh, did you play? I my total time played is three thousand five hundred ninety-eight hours. Holy fuck. Um, so I've probably played. God. Too much. I mean, I I play. No, there's never too much Dota, my no, friend. No, I, no I such probably thing. played every single day, bar when I'm at events. And Christmas Day, I actually took a day off, and maybe a couple of other days when I was out, but or on holiday. Mm -hmm. So let's say I play every day around five or six hours. I'd say average. Jesus. Well, I mean, you do run a Dota channel. It is a, it is kind of yeah. It's pretty much what I do. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I stream in the morning, I stream in the evening, so it's just. I mean, I just I I, I have never had a game of Dota that I thought this is boring. Like it's the best game I've ever played, bar none. I mean, the only game I played more than that probably I played a lot of Football Manager over the years. A hell of a lot of Football Manager. I football Manager hey, I worked in a UK game store. Whenever a Football Manager game came out, that was one of the busiest days of the year. Everyone I'm came that in, guy. and it's everyone as well. Football Manager 2012. Like... I, I have one thousand nine hundred and one hours in oh my Football God. Manager 2012. Yeah, that was it. The was best from people from all walks of life as well. Like there was. It, I mean, obviously, it was like it was predominantly men, but not always. And it was like there were thirteen-year-old kids coming in for Football Manager, and there were seventy-year-old granddads coming in for Football that's Manager. It, that's the Everything genius of in it. Between. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's always. I think it's always the biggest-selling PC game because if you like football, I mean, I know people who never play anything, but they play Football Manager and yes. they love it. And I know people who've said, "I, I don't want it. It yeah. takes over my life. I have to give up on it. I can't do it." There's nothing else. There's no else. US mine... equivalent either, is there? Like, there, there's no. no American Football Manager. Actually, game. no. Wait, wait. There is. There is. is. There? There's a baseball game called Out of the Park Baseball. Oh yeah, that's one of the highest-rated games of all time on Metacritic. Yeah, I find that very, huge. very confusing. Yeah, it's if actually. If you like baseball, and I'm a confessed baseball fan. I've played a hell of a lot of Out of the Park Baseball as well. When I'm not playing Dota, I do play that, yeah. It's like Football Manager, an iteration every year, very few changes, yeah. just an updated roster, and you go like, oh, the, wow, they added some tiny feature, i got to have it, and you get it. There's, but it's got a new hat. $60, exactly. go. Exactly, yeah. I suppose the amount of time that, you know, I, I don't really, I never get mad at people that buy annual football or sports games because usually the amount they play is so fucking much and there is a there is value in roster updates and things so i'm cool with people buying that like a lot of the time it's the only game they buy in a year and they get two thousand hours out of it I'm like exactly. good fucking job on you you know well done yeah like have you ever seen the you know sb nation there's like a sports website i don't know if you I've guys heard of follow it. yeah okay so they do like all the american sports and they do some some football as well there's a guy called John Boyce, I think I'm pronouncing that right, B-O-I-S, and he does a, a series called Breaking Madden. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you both go and check it out immediately once we're finished. Okay. It is hilarious. He gets the John Madden game, he deliberately breaks it, he doesn't hack it, he just changes the player values. So he'll say, he created a guy called Beef Tank, who is <laughs> the shortest possible, <laughs> the strongest, the fastest, you cannot stop this guy. And he's got this brilliant, the way he does it is like a montage of GIFs and YouTube clips and stuff that he's put together of Beef Tank just running over the, the opposition team. <laughs> okay, it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. He does, he, he'll do something different every time. Like He had this one thing where his mission was to score a touchdown from his own one-yard line with his quarterback. 
and he just does it hundreds of times just trying he shows all the times he failed and then this one glorious time he does it and it's just the best ending it's, it's just it's a fantastic series i recommend it i have no idea about anything regarding hand egg but i probably watched that just it's, for beef it tank. is hilarious it's hilarious yeah yeah beef Look, tank if, if, <laughs> he did him in I'll nba some as good well gifts. okay all right what you're gonna send me some gifts mm-hmm. okay from what that, from that. You, you, oh, from, from, okay. yeah. I didn't know what they were related to. They might have been about anything. Oh, yeah, no, it's just wieners, jiggling wieners. Boobies, yeah, that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. Boobs. That one where it goes round and round and round, meat spin, send me that one. <laughs> Don't do all any of that. No. Not at all. <laughs> meat spin. <laughs> No, Hashtag no, no, no! Don't look, spin. don't look, don't I look don't that up, guys. Don't, don't look don't it up. Do it. But there is a meat spin website. I'm just gonna like look if it you want to look right up now. leak spin, you can look up leak spin. I'm okay with that. But do I would not recommend looking up meat spin. Not at all. Dot fr. Just so you know, it's got. Oh no. my god! Oh my god! I haven't looked at it in a while. That's refreshing. <laughs> I don't even need to know <laughs> that. If you log into that, it's like you know that song is playing. Just put it in the background. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Do not do it. Meat spin. Not recommended. No, not not in any way. So speaking of meat spin, did you get any good gifts this Christmas, Jesse? I got nothing, and I gave nothing. <laughs> okay. I I've officially become. Uh, I think I mentioned this. Like a, a non pseudo for you? fake, a pseudo fake Buddhist, where I'm just like giving stuff away and not taking. Like I don't want anything anymore. I'm just good. I'm good. I feel really you good about myself. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I'm just chilling. I was like, I don't want anything. I was like, keep your money. Enjoy your yeah. Go spend the money you would have spent on me on something for yourself. I don't want it. And I was just like, I'm good. I got a few cool things from, from uh, fans, and I was like, thank you. That's awesome. But I don't want, like, any – like, I don't want family to give me anything, or I don't want – mostly I don't want to give anything. God, it's such hard work. It's like, it is. And I'm going to use the excuse, that's not the reason for the season, y'all. <laughs> get it back in. Get it back in your hearts. Fuck that. Get it back in your hearts. I I, I, I just find like we're, we're grown ups now. If we want something, we, we go buy it. Buy it. Yeah. It's like, uh, what am I going to wait till Christmas? I'm a, no. I'm, a, I'm a grown up, but at heart, I'm a child. So if I want it, I'm yeah. going to fucking buy it right now. Yeah. yeah. It's I, I, I'm like if you can't afford it yet, you're an adult. Eventually, if you save your money, you can afford it. Like it's not like I need exactly. to wait till next. You know, I get my allowance or whatever. I go mow Miss Johnson's lawn. It's like eventually, if you save your money, you'll have the money to get it. So, like, such as you know, a sixty-dollar chocolate cake, for instance. Uh, that's a thing. That oh you my! Could can do. I just let you know? I want to let you know something. Did you so eat the rest after, of the cake after that podcast? After that podcast and eating a little bit of that cake, I put it in the fridge, and then I got so busy I forgot to to touch that cake again. So by the time I was like, "Oh, cake!" And I went, it was rock hard. <laughs> I was like, "No." Sixty dollar cake. That was $60 well spent. It was rock hard. <laughs> Jesus. So. You know, the thing about like Christmas and birthdays and shit that I like is surprises. Like cuz Yeah, like said, this hat was a big surprise. Yeah. I fucking And it's love little things. Like my uh my my t my esports team. This is why you need to own an esports team, guys, because what they'll do is they'll send you Tim Tams. As it turns yeah. out, it is easier for South Koreans to get Tim Tams than it is for Americans. They opened up an Australian import store in Seoul, South Korea. So my team goes there and buys me a bunch of Tim Tams and ships them over. I'm like, you guys don't get fired this year. Well done. Are they like Are they like Jaffa cakes? They're like penguins. They're fucking penguins. They're like, like penguins. Okay. Which right. is kind of disappointing. Like the the regular chocolate Tim Tams just taste exactly like penguins. But they've got these. They've got Turkish delight ones. Cap, the cappuccino yep. ones that I've got here are yep. pretty legit. And they've got they've got some like uh, other nice flavors that are pretty good. So they're okay. 
But again, like for me, it surprises and cool shit. Like, let me show you something awesome. So, uh oh, uh oh, cool shit. All right. This is chocolate. Can you actually mm. believe that? So there's my, it's my absolute, it's the best chocolate I've ever eaten in my life. It comes from a place called Norman Love, which is in Florida. And uh, my, my PR guy bought me those. And I've just been eating these and I feel terrible eating them because they look so nice. Like they, they're works of fucking art. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, this one, this one right here. This, Look at this fucking thing. Like, this is a, this is a work Beautiful. of art. This is, this is not something you should be eating. But oh, anyway, mm, mm, and oh my god. No, I'm hungry. Mm, fuck me, that is good. Thank you. It's mm. not like I've waited an hour for a curry. It's mm. nice of you. We're mm. <laughs> watching the Cooperative Podcast. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. Gonna, oh god, it's so good. Mm. We're take a oh. break. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the co-optional podcast. We had a, a slightly longer break there to allow Pyrian to eat curry. I think that's a very important thing. What kind of curry is the priority? Merg Makani. Ah, something like that. Actually, no, bit... it was a Jira chicken. Sorry, my bad. Okay. Jira, I normally have the Merg Makani, but it was a Jira mm. chicken. It was very good. Rogan Josh is my personal favorite. Lamb Rogan Josh. I will, I'll have one of those any time. With a sog paneer on the side. Ah. Garlic naan. I know what that is. Yeah, I, I yeah. prefer um, I prefer kima naan, and mm. I know uh, the wife likes peshwari. Mm-hmm. And uh, aluparatha alup as well is pretty good. That's pretty legit. Chicken tikka masala? Yes, Jesse, you uncultured <laughs> Scrub swine. Level. Scrub <laughs> level curry. I know yeah. minimal Indian food, but it's all good. I don't know what I'm eating, but I'll be like, yeah, I'll have more of that. Yep. I was just finishing off my poppadoms. These are some. They, they actually managed to deliver them whole, which I'm impressed. That's rare. When it that, arrives whole, I'm they like, are not okay, known for guys, their durability. These guys are good. Yeah, yeah. You touch them, they break. So well played, well played, Curry House. Oh yeah, we we are fortunate to have at least one Curry House close by that's that's pretty good and delivers. So I'm I'm fairly happy with that one. Oh man, I I did have a, another chocolate. I think it was cheesecake. It was incredible. Oh Jesus. Yeah, it's too good. Too damn good. Uh, that It's the one indulgence that I will allow myself while dealing with all of this health bullshit is high quality chocolate. Like, no no trash. <laughs> like, but my baseline is lint. Like, that's the lowest I will go. Any lower Whoa. than that, fuck that. What's you your know? what's your minimum cocoa level? Minimum cocoa? Um, probably about 65... Well, I don't know, 55%. I'd say 55% is, is pretty fair. Like, Big time. And I maybe go up to seventy-five. <laughs> Anything more than that is a little bit ridiculous. It's, it's just a bit too dark to eat on its own, you know. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. You Jesse, cocoa Jesse. whores. <laughs> Are you just good with any cocoa level? If they just have chocolate on the wrapper, I'm not. I'm not a big chocolate fan. I don't. Uh, chocolate's okay every once in a while. I'm not a. I'm more. Look, my candy of choice is. Uh, Sour Patch Kids watermelon candies. Those things are my shit. You see, I was with you until you said watermelon, and I'm like, you fucking heretic. It's the, the regular Look. Sour Patch Kids are so much better. Oh, man, they're so good. Sour Patch watermelons uh, are the shit. They're the obsession so in America with watermelon is something I cannot deal with. I'm just not sure what's going I on. Li I like watermelon. Watermelon's wonderful. Ah. Like it is very watermelons. American, but it is good. I'm a yeah. fan of all melons. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> ball of water. Small. I like them all. The small melons, not so much, but the big melons, definitely a big fan. Look, I'm not, I, I don't judge by melon size. I just like to eat them. Like to nibble on them. I got no okay. problem. Now it's getting dark. Can it, can, Jesse, I've got to ask. That's 85% cocoa glasses? dark. 
What make are your glasses? We might have the same glasses. Turn to the side. Are they right. Oakleys? Mine are Oakleys. What are yours? No, no. Okay. They definitely that's are like, not. It's very similar frame. Someone pointed out they that we have same. very similar that's glasses. Cause, that's because nerds, uh, we, we <laughs> all have, We read in a magazine somewhere that these are the new nerd fashion. Oh. Did you? No. My wife no. picked them. No. no. That, that was a I similar thing. I asked, I my, I asked my wife, glasses. like... Which do which pair do you like on me? And it's like I trust you more than I trust me. So you you pick them. Exactly. I read uh, on a GQ website that the old glasses I used to have are what's in now. So oh, really? I was like, I'm, a, oh. I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, two years from now, these will be the shit. Everyone will have these. Yeah. We will see. All right. Yeah. Let's 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 talk a little bit, I suppose, about what we've been playing this week, and then we can kind of talk about the year and go back from there. Since the first hour of the show was really weird. Like, it was not in any way like the first hour of every other show. We usually talk about the games we've been playing this week, and then we did like an hour of talking about esports and all sorts of other crazy stuff. So, hey, I mean, I'm cool with that. Don't worry. My but, bad. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. I mean, it was predictable. We brought Pyrian on the show. Dota was guaranteed to come up at some point. <laughs> but we got it out of the way now. So Yeah, yeah. yeah we, thank we have. goodness, I can, right, Jesse? Okay. I'll put a nice little thing written at the bottom that says, skip one hour's worth of Pyrian's bullshit and then get off from there. Kill it. Uh, to see more, two more hours of his bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so I went on a weird Supreme Commander 2 binge, and I'm not like 100% sure why I'm doing Ooh, that. <laughs> game is too hard for me. I couldn't get shit to you work. You found Subcom 2 too difficult? Did you play the, the original? The ran all over me. It was just hard. The original's even it. harder. I mean, Subcom 2, they actually simplified it quite quite a lot. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of Planetary Annihilation. Oh, that... Okay, so that, that game's really hard to get used to because the, the yeah. map design is a fucking sphere, which is completely yeah. non-standard. It's like, oh, I'm just going to build my defenses. Oh, they went the other way around the planet. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's nice that defenses in that game have a lot of range, so that helps a lot. But then you start to do multiple planets and it's it gets a bit crazy. I actually played like a best of five against my StarCraft 2 Esports team captain, you know, like as in a guy that's won tournaments. And he had difficulty dealing with with uh, planetary annihilation because it is so different and okay. so non-standard. It's like he he was getting the scouting right, like it was like a, he was sending over scouts to figure out what I was building. Uh, but then he didn't realize that I was building it on a different planet, and then just brought the shit over. And he's like, "How do you have that?" It's like I built it on another map, basically. Yeah, the that's the crazy thing. Like if you break down what planetary annihilation is, it's a game where you can build on multiple maps simultaneously. Which makes it insane and yeah. really very difficult to get a handle on. But it's, I mean, I had fun. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think Planetary Annihilation is particularly incredible. I think that Supreme Commander is better. And I think it really comes down to the fact that they made one faction and that none of the units have any personality of their own. Like, they're all kind mm. of very dull. Supreme Commander, even the non-experimental units were kind of interesting. And that's something that Supreme Commander 2 kind of fucked up. Because, like, you get, like, a tier 3 assault bot, and it's probably, like, got multiple guns, and it looks ridiculous. And because it's so much more powerful than the tier 1s, it just kind of walks over there and starts going, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. And it's really awesome. I used to like building a swarm of tier 1 bombers, and then put a few tier 3 bombers, strategic bombers, in the middle of the fucking swarm. So it's like, oh, it's a swarm of tier 1s. That's easy to shoot down with my tier 3 missiles. And suddenly, in the middle of that shit, it's like, oh, here's a strategic bomber that just nuked my entire base. And... Planetary Annihilation doesn't really have any of that. Like, the, all the units are kind of a little dull, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I think it's because there's so many of them, isn't it? It's like it becomes like massive. It's a, it's a blob armies. game. Like it really. Yeah. And then Supreme Commander was like that as well. But I think Supreme Commander broke that up by having experimental units. So yeah, okay, you can build a big blob of tier one tanks, but that's a monkey lord over there, and that thing has a laser which sweeps backwards and forwards and kills everything. Or like, oh, that guy has a flying saucer that just blew my base up. That was what kind of made it cool to me. And I know that. I don't think my understanding of the esports scene of that it actually did have one was that um, like games never really got to that point for the most point like it was just yeah. kinda, and but I I love doing that I used to I just love turtling up and building experimental units and just blowing shit up with them and I'll give Supreme Commander two credit it gets to that stage a lot faster like I think the design philosophy behind that game was people really loved the experimental units the really big crazy shit so let's make more of that. And let's make it quicker to get to them. And let's make the game kind of more based around that. And well, we're not going to like focus too much on tiered tech because what they did was they took the research system and they made it like this separate currency. So you open this research window and like, oh, I want to research like an ability for a, a, my fighter plane or whatever. And it's like, oh, now my fighter plane drops firebombs or now my fighter plane has a shield. And you, it was always the same units that you were building, but they had like upgrades and they always stayed relevant. They never became obsolete because you could keep upgrading them. And I don't hate it. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I think when it first came out, I fucking hated Supreme Commander 2 <clears> because <throat> I played so much Subcom 1 and really liked it. And when they, they fucked the economy up completely, they really, they, it was stupid because uh, if you play Total Annihilation or Planetary or Subcom, then you know the way they did it was they did a kind of like income expense system. So you always had like constant income every second. And then you would spend that income and you could you could go into debt, essentially. Like you could, if you'd stored up a bunch of money, you could spend more than your income because you'd stored a bunch of stuff up. You can't do that in, in Supreme Commander 2. Like if you don't have the money right then, you can't start building, which is shitty because it's a game about building a lot of, you got to build like a lot of stuff. So you like queue up like 20 power plants or whatever. It's like, oh, can't start that. Like, well, that's shit. And then sort of needless micromanagement needed and yeah, yeah yeah and that game like never worked on a micro level it was all about like you you can automate almost everything like the cool thing about supreme commander is you can automate transport vehicles which is brilliant like that's something i've never seen another game do like what you do is you set up a transport vehicle and you tie it to a factory so the transport vehicle automatically picks up what comes out of the factory and then goes to the rally point and drops it off and does it automatically you can automate engineers to patrol and repair shit and also like suck up all of the wrecks so you get extra money that was all cool, but, like, that gets fucked up by the changes they made to the economy. Because, like, if you accidentally build... Like, say you desperately need energy, and then your automated factory builds another plane and spends all of your energy, and then your construction vehicles are all sitting there like, we can't build the power plant. Still can't build the power plant. Like, fuck, this is terrible. So... I don't know. So I, did you I, did you play that this week? Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, I played a lot of it this week. Um, I actually uh, I got my team captain to play it as well, and w I finally beat the hard AI because the hard AI cheats in that game in a big way. <laughs> like it gets more money than it should, it builds faster than it should, and it like sees the entire map. So I played against that, and I figured out a way to beat it, which is basically turtling like a horrible bastard, and eventually like building up so many shields and artillery pieces that like they couldn't stop me, and I was just like shelling their base constantly. And I gotta admit, it was still pretty fun. Mm. You know, it, I don't think it's as good a game as Forged Alliance, but it's got its moments. Like, it's got some really fun units in that game. There's like a, there's a giant submarine that looks like a mechanical squid, 
that puts its tentacles out of the water and they all individually have a laser. So it's like, wee and like laser light show everywhere and everything dies. It's you know, giant robots and shit, you know, big flying saucers. There's an experimental like aircraft carrier in the sky. You know, it's, it's all kind of all kind of neat. Talking of war, uh, segue there. I was yes. uh, I was playing a game uh-huh. called Verdun. Yeah, I was playing a game called Verdun. Ah, uh, yes, you told me about that. Yeah. How do you um, like that game? I've I've enjoyed it because it's kind of new, like the setting. Obviously, it's still war and it's still guns and stuff. Yes. But yeah. I think they've been quite good at keeping it low tech, and everything feels kind of crappy in World War One. And like you run into a crater and there'll be a dead cow in there and stuff, which is quite cool. <laughs> Um, and it does feel grimy and dirty. And you, the, the clever thing that they've done, I think, is if you think about most shooters, the objective is more or less sort of optional. Like, you'll get some players who go after the objective, some players who just camp. You can't do that in Verdun. You've got to attack. Because if you don't, you get shot for desertion. So when, you've got, when you have to attack the enemy front lines, if you're just staying in your base, you're not going to see anyone because they can't come towards you. There's no point camping. You have to attack when it's your turn to attack. If you take a stretch of trench, then it's like, fine, you, you're whittling down the numbers. We've got a foothold. Keep pressing. So that it funnels the players into these objective points. And it, do, it doesn't feel like a choke point because the game is so brutal that it's very, very hard to stay alive. Yeah, here's a clip of it. So it's grimy. It looks like World War One. It's got barbed wire. You try and run across the barbed wire. You sort of take damage from it. You can call in gas attacks on people, mortar attacks and stuff. Um, it is quite buggy at the moment because it's in alpha. So some, like one of the things they've got is if two people are face-to-face, you shoot first, I shoot a split second after you. Rather than us both die, I die and you're fine, which is kind of messed up. Um, it is the guns you start with are kind of crummy. So you start off with like sometimes just a pistol and a club and you're expected to charge Jesus. across the trenches with that. And you've got like, you look around because it's a newish game. There's like five people with, with clubs and pistols with you. Like, come on guys, somebody must've bought a real gun, but you go into the enemy trenches and it, it is, it is brutal. It is absolutely brutal. It's a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun with it. You know, the thing which I dig about this watching the footage is obviously since it's a world war one game, you're dealing with a lot of bolt action weapons. And- oh yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. I, there was, I, it was a while ago I played a game. I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically like a Civil War game. And as a result, you were using like mostly kind of musket or breech load stuff. And that was really interesting because you know, like, you'd all kind of get in a line and you'd fire. And then the reload process would be like 10 seconds of reloading. And I, I think like that adds a great deal of satisfaction because when you hit the guy yeah. with that, it's like, oh, that feels good. And when you miss, you're like panicking, like, shit, got to reload, got to reload. Every shot counts, you know? There, w- there was a game called Medal of Honor that was the first multiplayer game I ever played online, other than mm. Ultima Online. I played that briefly, but Medal yeah. of Honor came out, uh, and there was like a Pacific update. This would have been in the early 2000s. Yeah. And Medal of Honor was a World War II shooter that had a sort of tacked-on single-player mode. But it was, I, I guess it, it then won- it became Call of Duty eventually, which then became Call of Duty and everything and all the war stuff. But this was World War II, and it was, a lot of the time, you had a bolt-action rifle. The Americans had the Garand, but it didn't kill with one shot. The Germans had the Car 98, which killed with one shot. The British had the Enfield, which killed with one shot. And you get these moments like you get in this game where you both come around a corner, and for whatever reason, you're both reloading, and you're dancing around each other, shooting these bolt-action rifles, furiously trying to reload, reload the, the other fucker, guy. yeah. And it's fun. It gives you these moments where someone rushes in with a pistol and clubs one guy to death. You're like, thank you. You know, sort of, it, it, it's good. It's fun for that. And, and when you go over the top, it, it genuinely does feel like a slaughter because it's more often than not you will die on your way to the enemy trenches. But sometimes you get a breakthrough and it, is, it does feel like this, this good objective-based game. I like the system they've got. And the other clever thing they've got 
is that when you're looking for a server, you don't join a server, you join a squad. So you'll see a squad that's got three out of four players in it. You join that squad, you go onto that server, so all the squads of four generally stay full. And that means you've got level players, and you don't have one side with 15 guys and one guy with five. Sure. You basically have these squads. So it's, it is pretty smart. And all the roles are always filled. So you always have the officer who can call in the mortar strikes and the gas. You always There's one guy you can be called the raider, and all he has is a club and five grenades. That guy doesn't give a fuck. Wow. So, that sounds hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just brilliant. You just run in there chucking grenades, kosh people. It, it's great. That that I mean, it does remind me a bit of Red Orchestra and Red Orchestra Two. Obviously, that's a World War Two yeah, game, yeah, so yeah. bolt action obviously does exist, but less so. I know there was um, was it uh, right Rising something? They did a they Rising did another, Storm. Rising Storm, yeah. Cause yeah I yeah. like. I always wanted to play that one. Never got into it. I just never had the time. Right. But I like the idea that I, I the two factions were asymmetrical. Like you know, yeah, the, yeah. the way the Japanese fought was completely different to the way that the Americans fought. And yeah. that uh, those I think I want to get in. I mean, Verdun. I've looked at that. I'm like. Yeah, I, this looks good. I want to. I want to give this a shot. That I think it's, I would yeah, dig it's, that. Exactly. I mean, it's not something that I know I'll spend like fifty hours on or whatever. But it's it's a fun game because there are a few skilled players. But again, because it's an alpha, it's quite new. You don't just get owned. Like you know those games you go into late and you're like the scrub and you just die repeatedly because you don't know the angles and everything. Yeah. The maps are all pretty confusing. There's not those fixed angles where you just get like in Counter Strike where you've got to know the map inside out. Yeah, because otherwise you, you die every time. Corner. Exactly. Well, I think it's so the, it is a bit the genius seems to be in the in the going over the top thing because it seems like no matter how good you are, there's still the very real possibility that someone pops you in the face and that you're fucked. And I think that's a that's a great equalizer because and especially yeah. even if you're dying a lot, if you're going over the top with everyone else, it feels like you're all kind of you're pushing towards the same goal and that's fun. It reminds me yeah. when I was playing Insurgency, like we were moving around with two or three kind of people at a time covering each other's angles, and it didn't matter if you were bad because you always felt like you were contributing to the squad by covering the other guy. You know? Yeah, yeah. That I think the is, other the other thing that, it's got is it's got that forward spawn. So if you're the officer, your job is to stay oh, alive. Oh, the, yeah, because they can spawn on you. Yeah, right. Because otherwise, you you literally can't take the trench. It's imp it's mm -hmm. that hard. So if you like the officers get in a crater nearby, you spawn on them and you sort of send these waves forward. I, I've actually played a lot of Red Orchestra. I played it before it became Red Orchestra Two, which was yeah. kind of a disaster at launch, but they did improve it. Was. it. Yeah, they made and, it and Rising. They did. Rising Storm is brilliant. And like you said, the asymmetrical nature of the play means that the Americans tend to have more automatic weapons and better rifles. The, the Japanese equipment isn't as good, but you can do the kamikaze charge, which is the greatest thing if you can get it off. If some, we, we played this game one time, and there was this guy who played a lot of it, and he said, right, guys, we're going to send in the, the artillery and then just charge with me. And he drew his samurai sword and went over this hill. And just in perfect symmetry, everybody got up and rushed with him. And when you're being charged by the... The, the Japanese with the samurai charge, you get this sort of um, suppression effect if you're the Americans. Ah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of, because you're, you're, you're scared and it's harder in the office, you can shoot them a couple of times and they can take it. So it's much easier for the, the Japanese to take objectives, but it's harder for them to hold them because they don't have the weaponry to do it. Yeah. it, it was a, it's a brilliant mechanic and no game has come close to something that game-changing for me in a, in a first-person shooter. I, I dig asymmetry in a huge way and the fact of the matter is that I think Games companies are becoming, they're coming around to it because there was a time when games would try really interesting multiplayer modes where not everyone had the same level of power. Something like um, Giant Citizen Kabuto is a great example. That that had, th you had three teams in that game. One team was larger than the others. It had like five players on it. Then another team had three players. Another team had one player because it was, it was this giant monster, basically. So like if you, if you look at Evolve right now, you see right, something right. kind of similar to that. 
And then, like, I think a lot of companies backed away from it because they felt the players wouldn't want to play someone who felt weaker than others. But I think people are coming around to this idea that it's actually kind of fun, like, especially if you outnumber them. So you can play weaker guys that have different abilities, but there's more of you. So it feels different. And I think yeah. that there's some games that are starting to get the idea that this is okay. And I love that. I absolutely yeah. adore it. Yeah, it's good. I played Evolve um, at uh, um, Insomnia a couple of times, and it is it is one of those games that they actually came up with a good idea, like a really original idea. The idea of having one monster and and what is it, four or five hunters? And it is four, I, I, I believe. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had not played a game like that before, and I, it was a lot of. I mean, I just played the monster because come on, what else are you gonna be? Yeah. But it was it was it was so much fun. I haven't played it. I don't. Is it out yet? Because I'm pretty no, sure. It's no, out. they're running a new beta no. of it. I believe they've been they've been doing a lot with that because they put the first alpha out and it didn't really get great feedback. And they said, all right, well, we're going to kind of go back to the well, drawing board and see what we can do. <clears throat> the game is it's really like unbalanced if you're a monster and you go up against an uncoordinated team of four you wreck them it's unfair but if the other team's coordinated as the monster you get destroyed like there right. is yeah, no yeah. middle ground it's one or the other okay. and so they definitely need to fix that before it comes out that's why i'm like yes yeah, so we'll wait and there's see gotta what be there's gotta be either some catch-up mechanics put in there or just something yeah. which f make it like fuzz fuzzies the whole thing i mean as you said, it's I'm okay with games that require a lot of coordination, but simultaneously, if you want to sell more than seven copies of it, you've got to be a <laughs> bit careful with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of a shame because there are there are some games I would love to play, but really require so much coordination that I can't play them on a regular basis because I don't want to play them with puppies, you know? Yeah. I want to play them with friends. I, exactly. We play Depth, Jesse, and that, that's got a degree of that. Like, if you... Yeah. It, we, play, we got him over his shock... Uh, well, kind of maybe not got him over it, but we, we put him in a game which involved sharks. So there you go. And we, what we discovered in that game while playing the sharks is, yeah, the sharks are really powerful, but if you don't coordinate each shark attack, then you get fucked. Like, you, the divers could kill you easily. So, and right. it's the same with the divers as well. If they're not being careful and covering each other's angles, they can get picked off, and then suddenly the whole thing collapses and it becomes a giant panic for them. I mean, that does kind of sound like Left 4 Dead um, in that if you to have a team extent. of really coordinated uh, yeah. monsters, like the, uh, the, the, I think the thing that Evolve lacks at the moment, and they should probably do something like this, is that the, the hunters don't have an objective that the monster knows they have to get to. He just has to level up, dodge them, and then he has to fight them. And as you said, if they're coordinated, they can win. So if they had to do something else and the monster was almost like a colossal distraction and could take advantage of the fact that they had to yes. do this... That would be better because I know that there are objectives you can get to as the um, monster. You can take out a power thing, I think, and you win the round. And I'm pretty sure that there is an objective yeah, no, in the version I played. I completely agree with you. I think that's the problem with the game. The monster's the one with the objectives. The hunters aren't. The hunters are technically, if you're looking at like Left 4 Dead similarity, the hunter are, are technically the monsters because they're hunting you, and you as the monster, you need to go hunt for food, you need to go yeah. try and destroy their power grid. Like, yeah. There's all these things the monster has to do. The monster should be the one hunting the players. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, if you look at uh, the way that Left 4 Dead does it, is that the players are the ones who have to complete the objective, and the other guy, the, the infected have to stop them, you know? So it's always, it's always a race against that, which works yeah. fairly well. I heard that they are making some changes like that. I'm pretty sure they acknowledged that was a problem. 
and they're looking to try and pad out the side objectives a little bit more so yeah. it would encourage like people to to get involved at certain points but i'm gonna admit i didn't play much of it because like when they released the initial alpha it was like 60 fov and it made me seasick like i couldn't play it the weapon models were too big and shit i heard they fix that now so we'll see we'll, we'll definitely see apparently now they have a mode where they have to cover npcs as they escape so mm, it- that's a little bit different now uh, I do think I the, like, monster, uh, the monster shouldn't have to fight the other monsters, for Christ's sake. I mean, he's, he's the biggest monster. Why would they mess with him? Come on. And it's his planet. They should be his chums. He should be able to command it, them like the infected, the way they rush towards the, uh, the, the, the survivors. They should do the same shit. There's actually some really great moments, though. Like, if you're a giant monster and you jump into the water and a massive crocodile appears, it's kind of <laughs> hilarious because now you're fighting that thing while the hunters are chasing you down. And it's, it's, they're cool moments, but I think at the end of the day, you're the monster. You're right. Like there shouldn't, you shouldn't have to run around and do all these stupid things, and, and then also avoid these hunters. The hunters should have to do shit as well. But the entire time they're chasing you down. Yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. The thing is, it's called Evolve, right? So they kind of screwed themselves with a the name. Like there has to be some farming element for the monster. <laughs> yes, but as the yeah. monster, you never farm. You never fight until you're fully farmed. So it's right. like all you, like, but but at that point the game should change. Like if the hunters don't stop you or slow you or, or complete some objective, they they should force you to gamble. They should force you to do something. But all you got to do is evade, level up, and then try to mm. win the fight. I, I think it, I, it is a little limited. You know, there's some. This kind of reminds me of I've been reading up again as I usually do on a lot of like board game mechanics lately, just to find out kind of what which one I should get next. And there's uh, frequently complaints where you've got an asymmetrical game that doesn't have enough player interaction in it. As in, you're not able to affect what the other the guy's doing and it seems to me in evolve you've got to kind of make it so that you're constantly interacting with the monster if you're not then i think it kind of defeats the point of the exercise because it splits the game into two very obvious chunks it's like this is the bit where you're farming and doing stuff and then you fight the monster and yeah. honestly it seems like you should be constantly harassed by the monster uh, as things kind of go on and because yeah, every time yeah. you then fight the monster you end up having um you know you end up having like different experience and like, he but, sets you back. Like, your score will be... Like, if you haven't achieved Objective X by a certain time, it starts to... Your score starts to tail off, and then the monster can win, even if he dies, if he's held you back. Whereas the monster, it's basically kill them all or lose the game. And mm. it, it is... Yeah, it is kind of... It is kind of limited, I think, in that in that one regard. They just need to add some objectives for the hunters yeah. other than kill the monster, and then... Because, yeah. like, it worked with Left 4 Dead, because they get to the safe room, and it became so good, like, the focus, when you die, or you're down with your stupid pistol shooting the million zombies in sight of the, the safe room, and people are like, just shut the door, he's gone, you know, sort of, it, it, those great moments in Left 4 Dead. In, in chat, someone mentioned the fact that in Alpha for Evolve, most people didn't even get fully farmed, they just got to level 2, and it's not right. because a strategy was involved, it's because at level 2, you can finally go after the guys who have been chasing you the entire time. And farming <laughs> requires so much effing work that yeah, you yeah. can't do it. Like, you have to stop at some point and be like, all right, enough of this. And then you go off and fight. Because, like, even the game mechanic, you're not allowed to do it because you're constantly pressured by guys who are more powerful than you to start with. And yeah, yeah. only at level two are you even on the same level as, as the guys attacking you. And then you have to sneak around and wait and pick off guys, which is fine. But, it, you know, you're the monster. You're the yeah. monster. You shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, even some abilities where you split the teams. If you can split the team a bit more, that would be easier. But all they've got to do is stay together, really. That's like the key mm-hmm. thing is the hunters. Just stay together. Don't run off. 
you can win. Like, you want that moment where the guy lags behind in the jungle, gets picked off. What happened to Steve? Oh, no, Steve's gone. You know, that kind of thing. But they, they don't have it at the moment. Anyway. Mm. We'll see how it turns out. Like, it, it's, it's been interesting to get these little snapshots of what the game's becoming through the various alphas and betas, and I'm still not 100% convinced by it. I like the idea behind it, but we'll have to see if it all ends up coming together at the end because I think that the, the concept is nice, but actually making it work on a mechanical level is a lot harder mm. than it sounds. So yeah. maybe I hope it works. Out. I, I hope, hope so. it works because they did take a gamble, and it is a, it's not an entirely new idea because, like we said, Left for Dead was the first thing we all went to. But I would hate for them to try and put all this effort and money to it, but it just just fail. Like yeah, I really hope suck. it does do okay. Like it, it's been it is a fun yeah. game. It doesn't have at the moment a lot of longevity, and it, it has some gaps, but it is fun. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the highest budget, like, asymmetrical multiplayer game that's coming out. So if it fails, that's going to set that genre back. So I hope that that doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it'll be fine. We'll see. I did reinstall a couple of the Anno games. I, I yeah. Like I want to dive right I back into those. I love those. Oh, they're so oh, good. I know, man. I, I, I'm not sure which one to play yet. Like, I... I didn't play enough of Anno 2070. I really want to dive back into that. But... I'm also intimidated by it because I know how to play 1404, which is also known as Dawn of Discovery. I'm like, I can dive right back into Dawn of Discovery and I'll feel just fine with it. But Anno 2070 changed enough for me to be like, I'm going to have to do the tutorial again, aren't I? I'm like, oh God. Um, I'm not sure if I've got the patience for that, but... It is it is games. fun. Like, it, it is fun. But um, I, I, 1404, I think, was the best one that they've done because so. it made sense. It did make sense, the islands and the ships and the Orient and the Occident and everything. It, it worked, and I really liked it, and I thought it made sense. With, with 2107, it doesn't have that two-split sort of idea where you have to trade from A to B because your guys need that stuff. It, it's, mm. If you get a cluster of good islands, you can just sort of wrap around that area a bit. Right. It didn't quite have the same forced mechanic where you have to make that trip across the sea and you have to deal with the other players. And I, I thought it was 1404 was the best one. Yeah, uh, I've got them installed and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, should I play that or should I actually make a start on Endless Legend after 5,000 <laughs> people have told me that I should do that? It's, I actually uh, played that this week. Did you? Uh, I sat down and played Endless Legend. Speaking of asymmetrical, that game has a lot of that. So each of the different races has different things that they sort of... Ha uh, I, the one that I played were like these, these knights that were spirits inside armor. And their whole thing is money equals life force. Okay. And so the more like dust they collect, the, 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 that's how you keep your race alive. So you want to get as much money as possible. And you forego a lot of other things in order to get that. And it, it, all your missions and your quests like that. It reminds me a lot of a much more complicated version of Age of Wonders 3. Yes. Mm. And I think that might be to its detriment a little bit. Like, there's a lot of a lot of extra things that I feel are unnecessary. It's fun, but there's a lot of stuff that's like, all right. Yeah, okay, so I got to go through the <laughs> steps and the processes of like, well, if I make guys, they're going to automatically go in my garrison. So I got to pull them out of my garrison, form a new army. Like, it is steps that are unnecessary. Um, but at the same time, the world's awesome. There are different factions. Like, right next to my starting area were, like, two-headed kobolds and, like, ice giants were, like, a faction that aren't people you can play as. So th this it was it's a lot of fun, yeah. but it's a lot of, like, work fun. So you're, you're putting in a lot of, like, let me think this through. Let me figure out what to do. And... I don't know. I'll have to go back and, and give it a look again. But it, it was, it, there, it was there interesting. Are, 
It, it is fun, I agree. It, it, it is also needlessly complicated in the yes. micromanagement you've got to do, which is silly because it shouldn't be. But there are things that aren't obvious. Like you, don't, you can't build roads at the start. Like how do, we, how do we figure out how to build swords and mine stuff if we can't build roads until we get to the tier two tech tree? So you've got to research a bunch of tech. Then you've got to build roads. But the good thing is you just click, right, you build roads. And the city builds roads and it automatically connects to all the other cities, which is kind of cool. But I mm -hmm. wish that was in it earlier because the one thing it's lacking for me is interaction with the other players in the game. The AI players in the game exist in this other place. And the only time you need to bother with them is when they turn up on your doorstep with a huge army or... They turn up and say, in a mocking way, oh, your empire's pathetic. You think, is that it? Like, where's the interaction? Where's the world? Like, I don't feel like we're part right. of a, hmm. okay. any kind of global community here. I just feel like I'm on my own. Then I get enough troops to go and bother someone else. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. And maybe, maybe four hours in, I was still doing questing for my nation, but I wasn't interacting with the other yeah. nations. Like, uh, you're absolutely right. Like, the little... People that the little the little people that were around me, like the the two headed uh, you know gnolls or whatever they were, and the ice giants. I was busy dealing with them, and I had an army go off doing a quest because it said I needed to do it. And that's four hours in. I'm still dealing with this little tiny area, yeah. trying to manage everything. And I'm. It seems like it's a massive, wonderful game, but at the same time, it's like I probably should lower it to easy because I feel like there's too much going on. And I want to experience it and blow through it to feel the whole game. Right, and right. You just don't. You don't feel it. Like you're absolutely right. There's so much micromanaging that it gets in the way of actually playing. There are things like if you think about Civ Four, which I, I mean, uh, well, wait, Civ Five is the new one, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. Civ yes. Five. Um, if you think about the way luxuries work in Civ Five, you find the luxury, you put your resource mining thing on the luxury, you have the luxury. In Endless Legend, you have to specifically activate that luxury so you can yes. sort of, it's like, why? It's like, okay, now this lasts for 10 turns and then you have to reactivate it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I don't need that. Like, I just, that you just fiddly. don't need that. Yeah, because, all right, yeah, you can sell some of that on the market, but the marketplace is like, well, do we really need this extra layer where I can buy resources and I can buy mercenaries and I can buy troops? Because they're always ridiculously expensive. So, yeah, you can buy another hero, and the heroes are quite cool, but then you have to level up each hero. And every time he levels up, which is like every five or six turns, you have to go over a skill tree and say, what the? This is plus 10% yes. to the troops' morale in a desert. Okay, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, well, it's plus 10 morale in Arctic. And, um, you know, so. It's like that kind of level of detail. And then your nation which, has the level up thing where you have like the grid. And so you have to go in like, well, it's going to cost me 30 points to move it this way. But what if right. I – and so you have like this weird ass pattern by the end of it. And you're just sitting there trying to figure out like what's best for me. You can change it and move it. And you can make your heroes uh, governors of cities. And right. it's like there's so much micromanaging. And it's just like I just want to play the game. <laughs> like yeah. I just want to – and people are like, you should have just sped up the game speed, Jesse. I always – Civ, whatever. I make it the fastest it can be. Game speed is always as high as it can go. And this I set to like max game speed. And it's still four hours in. I was like, yeah, I yeah. really have achieved. I've achieved nothing here. So yeah. yeah, it's it's there are some really cool things. Like when you expand the cities, you you build those extra boroughs. So you sort of take over another hex. Grid. Yeah. And I mean, but then you're like, when you come to plan out where you put your city, it's not like in Civ where in in one territory you can have multiple cities to take advantage of a good territory. It's like shit. Well, if I go over here, I get loads of science. But if I go over here, I get loads of food. And there's loads of production. And he's near that thing, which gives you extra, um, what is it, the, the stars. Lib I can't remember what it's called. It's like Liberty Bells or something like that. It's yeah. like 
their influence or whatever. So you're torn between where to put it, which is good. If you want a game with a ton of little micro decisions, you want a micromanagement, it's great. But if it had that and then had interaction with the other computer players, I would love it. But it just doesn't. The AI is really bad, doesn't seem to do much at all. In my, I, in my experience. I strongly disagree with chat who say I can't play a 4X because Sins of Solar Empire, <laughs> love that game. Thought that game was fantastic. That's not a. That's barely a 4X. Come on. Hold on, hold on. That's I, like I, an RTS. Like, yeah, pretty all, much. All those, all those games that are like the big space ones, I can do those. Those are fun because oh, I wait, 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 like Jesse. Distant Worlds. Did you play Distant Worlds? Get I, into Distant I, Worlds I, and then tell me you can play a space 4X. Because I've been told that, that, that game is ludicrously complicated. No. All right, no, man, it's ridiculous. Look. look. Maybe everyone, maybe everyone's right. Apparently, <laughs> here's what I'm gonna say: micromanaging is not fun. There. Whoa. So that's what I'll say. I mean, I I love chat. like when I when I play Civ Five. Yeah, fuck you, chat. When, when I play Civ Five, I like the the aspects of micromanagement that there are are quite little. You generally pick what your city's gonna build next, where your troops are gonna go, and then you basically it's a race. Like the objective is very clear. With Endless Legend, you complete your quest, you win the game. Like that's the the whole point of the game is the reason you're doing all those quests is because they lead towards the ultimate objective. That's it. So it kind of feels like everybody's rushing their quests and that means that you kind of end up with this weird world where the the interaction with the other players isn't really there and some of the some of the races as you said they're all kind of diverse some of them specifically benefit from interacting with other people and trade and stuff like that and when that isn't there you think well what am i doing here like what's my special power for like you can't even trade until you build roads so one guy can't do shit until you get roads it took me ages to find it because they always have this massive spiderweb tech tree it's like jesus this is just too much fucking detail like at this point yeah it's it, it it's it's a fun game. There's a lot in there that I think is great. I think they need to, if they make an Endless Legend 2, need to go back to the drawing board and redo the UI. I think yeah, yeah. just the, the game itself is fantastic. The UI is overly complicated. Just Agreed. a mess. Yeah. Okay. I tell Maybe you what, I do play Anno then. <laughs> Here's a, here's a game I've been playing this week. Did you guys remember a game called Panzer General, which was probably a sort of 90s yeah. era? You've been right, playing so Warhammer 40,000 by any chance? No, sir. I've been playing a game called Panzer Core, which is oh, like a loving, okay. loving, tender remake of, of Panzer General that adds in all, all right. kinds of extra cool stuff. It's almost exactly the same as Panzer General. If you enjoyed that kind of turn-based, it's not like, like the strategy is not mega deep. It's basically like managing your attack. You know, if you're attacking yeah. a guy that's one of these type of units, you use one of these type of units, but you've still got to manage, manage it. There is a race, you know, you've got a set number of turns to complete the objective. I've been enjoying it because I love those kind of turn-based hex games, and you don't get many of them. And it's it's pretty enough and simple enough that I can play it without having to go down that Matrix Games route of like War in the East or something, where you're managing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of units, and it's just they like they published some fuck, damn complicated games. I gotta be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's I, too much. You, you'd have to spend months just understanding. Like Hearts of Iron Three, I've played a lot of Hearts of Iron Three as well, and that's a game where every time I come back to it, my first four or five playthroughs are me going. Oh, yeah, the Russians. And then going, okay, so then I have to set up for that from the start. You know, you've got to plan everything out right from the beginning. Have a grand plan that you stick to. And if you just go in blind, it's really hard. Whereas a game like Panzer Corps, you can just pick it up. The map is obvious. You've got your units. You, you win the battles. You win the, you win the round. It, it seems like you can dip in and out of it a bit, a bit easier. Mm. And I played the, the 40K game. I think it was Armageddon that uses the same engine, I believe. 
And I mean, it was okay. It's it's not incredible, but it, it was good enough. I mean, we had a decent time with it. Here's a game it. you could try. What's that? Ultimate General Gettysburg. Have you played oh, that? Oh, yes. I have heard of that one, and I've How been told to play it. How old is that game? It's not old brand at all. New. It's actually brand, brand new. new. It's by the guys that did... I think they did a lot of modding for Total War. Yeah, Darth... They basically... Yeah, Darth, Darth Mod. Mod, right? Yeah. And he came up with this game. It is the Battle of Gettysburg, day by day. You're the Union or the Confederates. It is a ton of fun. It does lack a bit, you know, there like it's not perfect. The AI can be a little funky sometimes. You can be overly aggressive and win the map sometimes, but I have I found it absolutely fantastic. One of the problems is the artillery, you've got to get it in this perfect spot where it has no line of sight and there's no clear indicator of what the perfect spot is. So you've just got to learn that the hard way. But it's a lot of fun. It is a ton of fun. I thought you were talking about the game Sid Meier's Gettysburg. Oh, I played I that when that I was a kid. Sid Meier's Gettysburg. Love that game. It that was, was right, right. great. Yeah, I played that. Well, one. if you honestly, if you enjoyed that trial to my General Gettysburg, it is. I I picked it up. I've heard uh, a lot paper, of good things about it's that fun. game. It is a uh, lot of fun. Apparently, like the, the, the particularly the, the UI and the way that you actually move your troops is super simple and very oh, very easy to do. Very because elegant. Because you just click and drag. Jesse, you'd love it. There's no micromanagement. Okay, you have your units. You click on them. You drag them. The reinforcements arrive when they arrive. It just goes. General Smith is arriving from the west with his cavalry. You're like fucking nick of time. Send in the cavalry, and you when you click and drag them, they follow that route. And you can change their facing and they change. And the little guys really do. Like you have that lines of guys all blasting each other and stuff. It's, it's great. I love it. It looks pretty. Like for an indie title like that, for what they've achieved, I think it's fantastic. And everybody's saying, like the, a lot of the reviewers are saying, I cannot wait for the next one because that'll be even better and fix a lot of the problems with this first one. But Yeah, yeah, because they, they ended up like, you know, on a fairly small budget, a team of modders basically made a proper game that ended up being mm. pretty good. And it's good baseline. It's a good recipe for what they want to make exactly. after that. And the battles are better than any of the, the Rome 2 battles I've played. It's far more That doesn't take much. That game is... Yeah, exactly. Even after and a These are the modders. These guys modded Rome 2, yeah. and they've done better than Rome 2. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know Total War has a check in history. Empire Total War was a pile of shit when it came out as well. As... The worst. The yeah. worst. The last good one I played, Medieval Total War 2, I really loved. That was a lot of fun. Yes. And then I thought Shogun that... Shogun 2 was pretty good. Shogun 2, I really, really enjoyed. Someone pointed out to me the other day that the only problem with it is the sieges are really boring because it is basically a hill fort and your guys can climb the walls. It kind yeah. of lacks that siege. Buggy like as hell as well. I had a, and really buggy. Yeah, I had a problem where what would happen is it would bug out and it would move the capture objective to somewhere below the terrain. It would literally make the wall disappear and they could actually... They could literally ride horses up a sheer cliff face and into my yep. castle. I couldn't stop them. It was awful. I stopped playing at that point because I'm like, this is bullshit. Uh, it's yeah. impossible to defend this because it's so buggy. But I mean, it, honestly, I think it's the best one that they've done recently. Like uh, they had something and they, they, the campaign map made sense. The progression of units made sense. Your, the, the level of power that you felt in relation to the other guys on the, on the island was really good. Like I really think they had something. And then they brought along Rome and they just said, we're going to completely redo it and, and shit everything up. up the wall and ignore Which this. Which is hilarious because the original Rome was really good. Like yeah, Rome, fucking amazing. Most people Absolutely think Rome Total was the best one. And I think Absolutely Medieval 2 was better, down. personally, yeah. but a lot of people think Rome was. And Rome 2 has been a fuck. I mean, I, I cannot imagine a situation where I would trust Creative Assembly with a launch title ever at this point like <laughs> yeah exactly even the good ones were buggy yeah. on launch you know and rome after a year is better but it's still pretty shitty overall yeah. so the weird thing like for me arena. is that <laughs> <laughs> yes you, you keep telling so, me about arena so, that apparently arena's so okay little, 
there's so little micromanagement and room for like buggy errors because it's just like you command three units against like other people's units. Yeah, you just yeah. fight. I'm like, I feel like I'd be a better general than I would uh, like mayor. You give me three units, I know what to do. You tell yeah. me what to do in a city, I'm like, eh, just let it go on auto. I'll figure it later. Yeah. That's the problem with Rome 2. They thought the thing that was lacking was, hey, what we need here is more mindless micromanagement. It's like, no, we want to get to the fights. We want the fights. That's the yeah. fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's not what you do. That, that's a macro game, very much so. You know, you, it's, you're looking at it from a high level. You, you're moving 100 guys at a time with a couple of clicks. That's the way that that game works. And yeah. whenever you fuck with that, you fuck with the formula of Total War, which I would be okay with if they could release a game that wasn't buggy. Apparently, Alien Isolation was not buggy, so they managed that. It was it, buggy. Who told you that? Uh, chat. I guess chat is lying. <laughs> So chat Are you is saying that's full of shit? Chat is lying out of its ass. Alien Isolation had a ton of bugs. Have you not seen the screaming, the, the scary door video? The scary door? Where, yeah, what? first of all, the I'll alien AI is goofy, so it will get stuck on things like a hospital bed. So you can hide behind a hospital bed, and the alien will run back and forth. Alien Isolation or... scary door bug. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Run that. Run it! I, I w <laughs> Go to the Please. video! <laughs> Will do. I'm gonna have to get the sound on on this. I'm not sure if this guy's actually mm -hmm. gonna speak over it, so I suppose we're about to find out. He Mr. does. Har he doesn't speak over it. He doesn't speak over it. As Mr. Far as Harry 101 UK, I believe, is is the name of this. I'm yeah. just I'm just making doubly sure that I have no no other audio running in the background before I turn this on because this will fuck it up otherwise. Let's see. All right. Okay. The scary door. All right. Here we go. Let's give this What's a this? <laughs> <laughs> the video does go on sometime in the same vein. <laughs> okay, alright, that's enough scary door. And so Holy on. Shit. So there are bugs in it. Um, I had a bug where I was in a room and I needed to pick something up to get out of the room and it wouldn't let me pick it up. There are, there are things like that. I mean, I, I played it up to a point where I thought, okay, this is just going to be the same thing until the end of the game. So I stopped and I was in the middle of a playthrough and I thought, I just can't be bothered to finish this. So I just stopped. But it is, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really amazed at what they did. Like they did get the the look of the alien and they got the like the, the fear of the alien and... The, the cramped environments and the, the aesthetic of the film, I mm. thought it was beautifully done. Absolutely Plenty of people stunning. have said it's a game of the year. Uh, they they really believe that it is. Although Strongly I, disagree. I don't I mean, think it's the game of the year at all. I love what they did, but the game is not the game of the year. Everything else, the aesthetic, everything they did was brilliant. But the actual game itself is extremely repetitive because you go to meet, you got to go see Dr. Wilson on level four in engineering. Okay, you go see Dr. Wilson, he says, I need my key card. It's in one of these rooms. There's something banging around back there. I don't know what it is. You'll have to go find out. You think it's going to be the fucking alien. So you go back there. Surprise. The alien turns up. You spend half an hour creeping around, hiding in lockers. You get the key. You go back to Dr. Wilson. He says, not that key, the other key. You go back. You find the other key. It's like that for 50 levels or whatever. That was when I was I'm told it's playing. really padded. Like, it is unnecessarily long. It drags on exactly. for like six hours longer than it's supposed to. It really outstays its welcome. That's what I've been like told it, anyway. Again, I when they added it. the androids, when they added the androids in there, I thought, great, a whole new enemy. And but it's the same shit. You just hide from the alien. We you know hide from the android. It's the same. It's like a stealth game. Like what Thief had, 
was different. I mean, Thief, I always go back to, is the, the best stealth game I ever played. The original Thief, the original, not the new yeah. one. The original Thief, because it was just brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, and there was something about it. I loved the guards and the way they were. You could fight if you had to. But you once were pretty the alien shitty sees at it. You, Right, but once the alien sees you, you are dead, unless you th hit him with the flamethrower. But he's coming back, and then you're just back to hiding again. It, it didn't feel like it had the same vibe. It felt like it was too repetitive. And because it wasn't like mission-based, you couldn't just jump into a mission and try it a different way. There's one way to do it. You sneak past the alien, you get the thing, you get out. I thought that was why, for me, it's never game of the year. No way. I, I wonder love if people dug the atmosphere maybe uh, so much that they were willing to overlook those problems, because it does maybe. seem like a very atmospheric game, and particularly the aesthetic of it that they made a game that looks like the actual Alien film. They didn't modernize it. No, it it looks like it's completely out of time. Because it makes yeah. no sense, of course, that something that advanced would also look that fucking old. But that's, right, right. Just how, that's how Alien looked. That's the reality of it. And other games... Absolutely. Any other Alien game, for the most part, has not done that. Like, they've just, mm. they've just said, look, this looks dumb. We're going to modernize it. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of the, the films. Up, up to, course, like, yeah. Alien, Alien 3, I can deal with. The, up the to ones Resurrection, up, you know, which is bullshit. Right. <laughs> right, at that point, I'm out, right? But, I mean, uh, Alien is one of my favorite films of all time, so I was a nut for this game. I couldn't wait for it to come out, but it should have been way shorter. It should have been shorter, and you could play it through multiple times, different ways. That would be better, rather than this long, like you said, drawn-out, padded uh, I just felt like what they did with the DLC where you can play, I think, with the crew of the... That's what, weeks ago, that's what I said. That's the best part of the game. Right. I haven't played that's it yet. Please don't tell me what happens. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> no, like, that should have been the game. I like what they made, but I think that what the DLC is what they should have made the game. Weeks ago, I think is that it, like, probably that is was the best part. what the game was. And then they thought, holy shit, we can't ship a game that's an hour long. We need to actually yeah. pad this out to 20 hours. And they said, yeah, okay, we'll just stick a bunch of levels in. It's much better. It is infinitesimally better. You'll love I it. I can't wait. I can't infinitesimally wait. doesn't mean what you think it means, by the way. I, I, I made that made mistake for three years before. No, it's a real word. I just made that mistake it, for three years. Infinitesimally tiny. Yes, it does. You, yeah. you, you're, you're talking if, about if you infinitely. Yeah, yeah infinitesimally is not what he means. I stick by what I said. There's a, <laughs> a backwards there's a backwards three in there and some dots and all sorts of stuff. Right, yes, so your least speak is truly impressive. I'm you know, really digging that one for you. Infinitesimally. No, no, not a word. Well, is a trying word. Trying to think what is word. game of the year. That's a that's a tough one actually. Well, game I mean, I'm not going to tell people like because I'm my I'm doing my top ah. ten video today, so I think it's it's if I finish it tonight, it's going to come out tomorrow. But I mean, I'll happily talk about stuff that got shortlisted for it. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, Dota is my game of every year, so this is an easy list. <laughs> that's for me. the go. I, you well, know, didn't, when I, didn't you Brad know, Shoemaker put it on his top ten this year? It's like fuck, Brad. It's been out for two years. Come on. It's still great though. I mean, yes, it is. But it, it does. It changes so much with every patch. That to me, it, I mean, to most people who play it, it is a different game every time they mm. patch it in a big way. Sorry, Jesse, but I know you don't want to talk about though. But here's another game we could talk about that I really enjoyed. It was a game I actually finished for the first time in a long time. Wolfenstein New Order, which yes. I thought was fantastic. Love I, I loved it too. that love it. game. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's the best shooter I've played in ages. It was yeah. really surprising. 
because when I played it at PAX, it was a piece of shit. It was really bad. And I thought, oh God, this is going to be horrible. And then they brought it out and yeah, I, I played through just like in a few sessions. I didn't take... I, I beat that game just because I felt compelled. Here's the thing yeah. that I think it does so well. The pacing is so good. That game yeah. never outstays its welcome. It's exactly as long as it needs to be. Levels Absolutely. never drag on. You never get horribly lost. Like, there's stuff to explore and find, but they still manage to guide you down the kind of corridors really, really well. And yeah. my God, is it fun to shoot in that fucking game. dual wield auto shotguns with the frag ammo. Oh, it's so good. Fucking running. And slide and just go bop, 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 with like <laughs> yeah. 200 health yeah it's it, it is so that for, i'm like i, I played I'm, i don't know how old you guys are i think you're probably younger than me by about a decade but the original wolfenstein when it came out uh was the first shooter i ever played like most well, people, wait you're talking about wolfenstein 3d not the two games that came the original out that. 3d right yeah. and that was the first shooter I, I ever played other than the there was a game before it what was it called I can't remember. It was on a Coleco. Anyway. Jesus. No, I'm not, <laughs> was the, not going that far. The first year I ever played, and it was, it was amazing at the time, because it felt, they, they captured that spirit of you running into a room full of Nazis, and they're all turning and going, get him, and you just going, just mowing them down, but still feeling vulnerable. Because the, the brilliant thing about Wolfenstein was that as you took damage, your head bled, and you sort of lugged them with, yeah. like this. So you felt vulnerable. And in Wolfenstein, it's the same. Like, I died a ton in that game. But oh, yeah, it still totally. felt it still felt so much fun. It really did. Yeah, I I mean, some people are like, oh well, Wolfenstein was forgettable. Are you kidding me? Like Nazi moon base, fucking underwater no. bit, like the the uh, big kind of museum sort of level. Like that yeah. game has set pieces are plenty. Fucking and the, how the, often the London monitor? How often in a game? How often in a game have you played it where you come to the new environment and it's actually fun and works? Like if you think about Half Life Two, which is one of the best games of all time. Yeah. Uh, or no, sorry, Half Life One, where you go hmm. to the fucking alien homeworld, oh, and you it go becomes to a platform jumper and all that shit. Oh, and I thought, I just want to get past this shit and finish the game. And that's the kind of thing where you think they added a whole new dimension with jumping and everything, and it didn't work. In Wolfenstein, the extra levels really fucking worked, and I loved being on the moon. It was awesome. Oh, man. Yep. Every every bit. I remember so many moments from Wolfenstein. Like uh, I remember uh, the the bit where you're in the in the truck and you're kind of having to get past the checkpoint. The train, the fucking train was awesome. Like just being yeah. On, like there's no combat in that section, but it's really yep. good anyway because the way that they they introduce you to some characters and antagonists and things like that. The prison break is a bunch of fucking fun. Um, there's the 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 bridge the bridge level yeah is, yeah is F really that level. cool F the bridge level oh the bridge is F great love it absolutely love it they you know that was there's so much in that game and they went the extra mile to give you a story but not oversaturate the game with story and at the same time the give story you a was lot of good levels. as well like do you, yeah, do you yeah. know how good the writing was like it had no right to be as good as it was the writing <laughs> yeah, that game was it is, yeah. the, the writing in that game should have been stupid in every way and it wasn't like it yeah, actually had some yeah. really cool uh, side characters yeah it yeah, was it, really good it was a blast i think they did a, a great job i don't know that i would I know a lot of people are saying that Mordor is their game of the year. I don't know that I would give it that either because... It's high up on the list, though. I mean, Mordor yeah, is good. it's very good, but th I think that's one game that lacks story. Like, th there's so much that they could have covered, but you get story chunk, and then five, six hours of nothing but you running around killing guys, which is a lot of fun. It feels great, but nothing 
propels you to go to the next thing. It's just yeah. like, well, I got to do the story in order to like unlock some more stuff. Like, Abilities, I, isn't it? Like, the, the, yeah. I persisted so far in the story because I wanted to unlock like the prop, all the brand effects, so that I could actually mm -hmm. manipulate. But the thing about that game is, it's not about it's not about the story of that the, the game puts in there. It's about the story of you versus that motherfucking orc that ruined your yeah, ship yeah. one time, and you want his head. Like they did that the large. They did that, the large. <laughs> that motherfucking the, archer guy. There was the a there was a crossbowman that always fucked me up. Yeah, yeah. We've all got our mortal tales. We've that's got to try and put it behind us. And that's amazing. Like, that's really cool because not many games do that. Like you, all, you have a war story. Everyone has a unique war story for Mordor because of the, there was always one orc that fucked with your shit and got really powerful and you ended up conspiring for hours about how to beat this guy. It didn't even matter. Like in the, in the overall grand scheme of progression through the game, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're wasting your time, but it's like, no, this fucker has to die. I'm going to go get yeah. some levels. I'm going to go fuck with his allies. I'm going to brand these guys. I'm going to like get a bodyguard next to him so that he could betray yeah. him at the last moment. I'm going to upgrade my arrows and shit. And then you're going to take that bastard down and you're going to do it through because of you hate him. Like you have because a grudge they, because they shit talk you when they kill you. They give yeah, you they that do. classic shit talk. Oh, yeah. you thought you were big human. You think I'm gonna fucking pull your head off with my bare hands? It's like you piece of shit. I'm gonna fucking yeah. get you. Yeah. And that's that's what made that game special to me. That's yeah. that's great. No hate, no hate. Honestly, I'm a peaceful person, but I killing orcs. Jesus, mm -hmm. that never gets yeah. old. And the the only thing that I will say is that obviously the 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 generals and things were fairly challenging but like your rank and file orcs are not really that difficult yeah. so it ends up being like batman in the same way it's like you end up just beating the shit out of them and yeah, yes yeah. it's fun to beat the shit out of them but it, the, you can get into situations where you're like oh can you parry and dodge at the right time then you can kill infinite numbers of orcs then yeah you know? yeah and it's i think it only really becomes hectic if you run across like multiple captains simultaneously and then shit goes to hell it's like oh i can't yeah. handle this i've got to run away that's, that's the moment where you've turned up to kill the guy and then suddenly another guy goes oh another human for the fire you think yeah then there's another guy, guy just rides along like oh god, god no on, what have i face? done and then what do you do you run and you pick a bush you eat the bush you're right back in the fight that's what happens <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it, it is Whoops. definitely, I, I mean, a lot of games that use that combat system are, are, as a result too easy because the, the counter system is basically infallible. So, and if you, and if you can't counter it, you can dodge it. So yeah. it, it's like, it's in order to keep the free flow going, you've got to make the game easier than it really should. And I know yeah, yeah. Uh, how Batman did it was like, they turned off all the prompts and I'm like, no, no, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't work for me. So yeah, I don't know. It's the, wor the it worst. The worst part though. is is the the last hour of that game. You're so powerful, and the ending is so simple that like I, I, it's it's I yeah I think that kills it for me. Like the game itself is amazing. The last three missions are like real Light quick down. and real easy, yeah, and it's yeah. like it shouldn't be that way. Like these are like I I screwed up and still managed to beat it. Mm. Like, I didn't right. even finish it. I didn't even finish it, but what are you going to do? I got really far into I think I got like 90% in. I haven't actually, I haven't sat down and beaten the thing. I should probably just do that. It'll probably take me another hour. I just never got around to it. But I mean, I enjoyed my time with it because I spent so much time just not doing the main story, just riding around, creating grudges and setting up fucking with orc shit, you know? That yeah, was, that's the, I got uh, sidetracked so much. I put enough hours in to finish the game. Yeah, yeah, But totally. I just ended up killing I'm pretty orcs. sure I put at least 30 hours into that game, and that's more than enough yeah, to yeah. beat it, but I didn't beat it because I was yeah. too busy messing around. Uh, but 
yeah, I mean, Shadow of Mordor is definitely like it's certainly on the list. I think, and a lot of people have already given it Game of the Year. They've just said, look, you know, this is this is a great great game. And All right, here's here's a suggestion. Them. Here's a suggestion to uh, to 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 put the cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak. Okay, right. what about Daisy? Um, it's a piece of shit and doesn't. As work. game of this year, it's not even out it's, yet. It's bollocks. It, well, exactly, but I mean, it it's improved so much that I think you've got to consider it now as a different game to the one that was out at launch. Still like, there's so the much year. more to it. You don't like it? Oh, you don't, I, you don't feel like. You've never it felt that tension out of me. when you hear them outside and you're behind the door and you've got two shots left and oh Jesse still you disappoint me. No, my experience with Daisy involves running through the woods as zombies chase you and continually chase you until finally I give up and let them kill me. Like I don't. The progress of getting to the point where it actually becomes fun is too much for me. Like where I have Did to play go with like rounds around. Yeah, yeah. The problem was is when we played with friends, we were all separated at the beginning. So yeah, that, that that does suck. Yeah, yeah. You're you're you're. We spent the first four hours trying to find each other, and then by the time we found each other, then you're competing for this limited resources that you find together, and so it becomes even slower to like build your defenses yeah, and stuff like that. And it's it's too much time and too like it it's feels too to me like Daisy me. has been surpassed at this point because they've taken so long that other games have taken those ideas and ran with them and kind of done a bit better like i'm hearing good things about the forest at the moment oh no 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 you don't like it, it? doesn't com- doesn't compare it doesn't really? compare why like the the well i i, I just feel like i i played the forest and i didn't get anywhere near the rush that i got from daisy like when i played daisy what me and me and some friends of mine did was we live streamed it so we invited action right so we, we found a town to meet up at. And when we did this, there were only like basically two or three or four spawn locations. And we said to everybody, there's a map you can pull up online that has a full map of Chernarus. And you say, this is where we're meeting. Just go here. And then you have this, these great moments where people are running down the road and you don't know if they're one of your friends or not because no, the, the in-game communication is all ranged-based. So someone's running towards you and they start talking. They're like, it's me, I'm friendly. So we had like a code word and stuff. And... This is weird, but we had a town, and we said we're going to hold this town at all costs. And we had like a guy with a spade and a guy with a shotgun and some guy who turned up with full armor and an M16 and everything. So we had our little force of guys. And these, these French guys who are in a Daisy guild found us live streaming and live streamed them killing us and then made it into a video on YouTube of them taking apart this other clan, which is me and my friend Shane being drunk and playing DayZ. But it was, it was fun because the, like, the combat is the best part of DayZ. You know you've only got four shots left. You know you're not going to hit that guy. So you're trying to get him into a better position. Then you're just rushing in with a baseball bat or something while he's trying to reload. And it's weird, but the mechanics of the game being what they are, which is pretty shit, actually makes the multiplayer that much more tense. And that because you know if you're dead, you are dead. You've got like a one hour run to get back to the fight. So it's a bit like Eve in that regard, in that the multiplayer, if you die, you are out and you are going back and it's it's that much more tension. And I know it's work, Jesse. I know you don't like micromanagement. I know you hate that kind of thing. But to me, micromanaging your resources in a fight, there's no tension better than that in Daisy. For me. I, I, I can understand, like, it, the story sounds good, but whenever I've tried the actual game, I've had none of that. So I think that <laughs> that's probably got a lot to do with it, I think. it's I see the potential in what could be offered by DayZ, and I never get to experience that potential. That's the thing. I, honestly, you, you've got to make it. Like, well, another thing we did. Sorry, Jesse. I don't want to put we, in that much effort. We, we set up a fort, so we found a, what, an area that we could fortify. <clears throat> and we got about seven or eight of us into the fort. 
And then we invited other people on the stream to join the same server and attack our fort. And they got together and they tried to take us out one by one from, from all around. So we didn't have any sniper rifles or anything. We had like binoculars. So we were trying to spot them and kill them. People would arrive claiming to be friends. We'd kill them and take their stuff. All kinds of things like that. And it, th this whole story evolved that we created. Like the game is like a framework. You make your own story within the game. And there aren't that many games that have that kind of freedom and that kind of that feeling of just being completely alone and lost and the world is not going to help you. The game is going to screw you because you're going to fall down a ladder and you're going to bug out and die. But for some reason, it makes it that much more tense. And there aren't many games like that out there, in my opinion. I, I, it blows my mind. Well, there's a lot more coming because like, so, shitloads of games are coming. It's so intense. Everyone's talking about how intense it is. And I literally have never had that. Every time I play it, I get bored. Immediately bored. I don't... Wow. I think I've you've got to you've got to play experience. it like you've got to play it with people and against a guaranteed fight. Like that's what we did every time. Because you're right. If you're literally just spawning the server, going, let's uh, walk across this field, guys, and you spend half an hour walking and talking and thinking, how is this a game? We could have done this on Skype. Like we didn't need to be playing this hard-ass game. So we created the situations, and that's how you get the fun. Which is weird that you need to do that, but when you do it, it is it is so good. It is so good. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Games of the Year and all that kind of stuff, and that's just going to be the show, as you might imagine. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not right at all. Ladies and... Nope. What the hell is going on with this? Hang on a minute. We have a slight problem with Skype. Just give me one moment. There we go. Let's try that again. And... Oh, cool. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Something was horribly broken there. Don't know what the hell's going on with that. And I can't hear you for some reason. Hello? We're not talking. Oh, Hello. you weren't talking. Okay, well, that, that might have something to do with it. All right. A problem with Skype, you say? Yeah, that was a bit weird. Oh, what the hell mm. was up with that? Skype's Maybe... a piece of shit? No offense, Yeah, Skype something makes... to do with that. Really weird. I, I, when, by the way, Jesse, first of all, when I said Eve, you recoiled in horror, visibly. Yeah. Oh, I hate Eve. I, I, I like... Here, here's the thing. Uh, many games, like Eve, I think are, uh, like, fun to read about and fun to to see and know that crazy things are going on, but playing oh, is an unbearable yeah. mess. Like, I couldn't be bothered to play it. But I enjoy when people are like, these guys who spent 12,000 hours and $15 million got in a massive firefight and lost all their money. It was amazing. I'm like, that's yeah, yeah. cool. That's yeah. awesome. I don't want to be a part of it, but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And second of all, my Eve comparison with Daisy, as some people pointed out in the chat, they're comparing several hours of work in Daisy with several weeks or months of work in, in uh, Eve is, mm. is a bit glib because. I mean, genuinely, when you lose stuff in EVE, you can, you can literally be losing, like, hundreds or thousands of real-world dollars worth of stuff. And obviously, in DayZ, you're just Well, that recently happened, didn't it? If I recall correctly, there was a story today on PC Gamer about that very thing. Another, another great... An another battle. great, I lost a bunch of money in EVE story, yes. And I'll look this up. If I can find it. I thought it was today. Maybe it was some other time. Like, apparently, you had, like, 1,500 plex or something along those lines. And, uh... Wow. I mean, the, the the thing is, where I I honestly think this is a bit like this is the reason I made the comparison with Daisy is because it's one of the few things that features permadeath, 
and perma-loss. Yeah. And that's uh-huh. not something that many games have. And if you think about something like Verdun, which we were talking about earlier, you, I died 20 or 30 times in that game, and the sure. death is meaningless. You're just thinking about the objective. Whereas with something like Eve or something like DayZ, the reason you gang together and work together is because safety in numbers and losing your stuff really, really, really hurts. And mm. I was just thinking that that was something that is... It's rare in games because most people, as Jesse pointed out, it's just horrible and it's just horrifying. And the idea of putting in weeks of work and having it snuffed away because I misclicked or I bumped into the bunch of guys that know what they're doing, I'd be like, fuck this game. But I did play E for three years. <laughs> I, I, I played E for a little bit. That's my but... problem with it. Uh, I, I think those moments are exciting. And if it, like, I think the problem is the process of getting there. All that, like, I spent weeks and weeks and weeks, that's boring as shit to me. Right, like, yeah, yeah. If it was a game where it was you were constantly fighting in this epic, like, battle, like, that'd be fun. But it's the process of, like, I've got to build this, and it's going to take me 46 days to build, like, <laughs> F it. I'm gonna, I'll go play anything else. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, that's the thing is, like, with Eve, there was a way around it where you spent real money to buy Isk. Basically, yeah, I you can buy Plex. That, uh, yeah, and, right. So, and that, and that was you the whole don't f- have to spend the time if you don't want. Well, to. Well, you still have to spend time spend. because you can't. You, I mean, you can't train skills really much faster. You can buy a character, of course, which allows you, you to get the skills. But I mean, actually, training skills is a lot. I bought Plex when I used to play Eve, and it it was fine because it let me skip some of the grind. Like I was able to. Uh, my 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 little goal when I played Eve was get a hack and fly around in a heavy assault cruiser right. and do yeah. cool shit in in null sec. And we we kind of did that for a while, and then I sort of got a bit bored of it. But I can see Jesse's point that Eve is like a, a Eve is a game that I think a lot of people like to watch from the sidelines as opposed to actually yeah, yeah. kill uh, their time and lives getting involved in it. And yeah, I mean, I would not go back to Eve. I I understand why people are compelled by it. I think it's one of the most interesting games that exists for a variety of reasons. Like the metagame in Eve is is phenomenally intriguing. Yeah, I mean, like there's no item in the game that's made other than loot that drops from from rats. uh, Everything in the game, every ship you fly, every mod you put in your ship is made by a player. Yeah, and that like economists have studied. Eve, because it's like an actual economy that's separate from the real world, where you can see how things affect the economy in this place and how wars affect the economy and everything. And it's fascinating because it's all emergent. Everything that happens in the game is emergent, apart from a few things. Yeah. So when the developers come in and say, right, we're going to create a new thing, moon bases, the whole political sphere changes. Suddenly, this region becomes really valuable. Everybody's rushing to get into that region. And these, the alliances and the guys that lead these alliances have been playing the game probably since launch and play it every day for as much as I play Dota, they're playing Eve. Yeah. So, like, the amount of work you've got to put in, I think, you get out of it what you put in because mm-hmm. it, if you're lucky, if you're unlucky, you put in hours and hours and hours mining and you lose all your shit to pirates like me and you think, yeah. fuck this game yeah. and quit. But that's why being a pirate is so much fun because they then talk to you in all chat saying, why? Why did you do this? <laughs> this was weeks of my life and you just Ruined think, yeah, give me, the, give me the tears, give me the tears. But yeah, I did, well, I did play it a lot, but in a small corp, uh, shout out to Groon was my corp and we played with friends we all knew each other we played every day we just ran slosh ops we just had fun and that was great and i mean jesse you'd love it we got drunk we flew around in cheap ships if we killed an expensive ship worth a hundred times our ship it was a success that was a win day that was how we saw it that's what goon swarm used to do wasn't it they they used to just swarm people with like frigates and things like that just like really really cheap shit and i think it was um yeah so apparently the the guy lost one thousand five hundred dollars worth of is uh worth of actual money of plex 
uh, 84 in-game cards, was gunned down outside the main training hub of Jita. So in other words, someone suicide ganked him. They must have. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 uh, you can do that. If you get the right kind of ships that have like high damage and you just have a couple of freighters waiting to pick up the shit, they just stand nearby. The guy turns up. He takes a little too long to get off the gate. You lock him. You blow him up. You steal his shit. We did this for hours. Apparently we not a single anything. thing dropped. Like all, all of the Plex all were destroyed with the ship. Like there was nothing yeah. there. So ultimately everyone just lost a bunch of money and no one won yeah. anything. <laughs> Apart from CCP, of course, they won because a bunch of money of that course. someone spent in the game disappeared. They have to respend it. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, I know people have lost a lot more in that game. But again, like mm. that's a game I'll watch from the sidelines and I have no intention of ever playing again. It's no... Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff like if just like five battleships and a hack and like a couple of little interceptors and things just stuck in a station in Nullsec somewhere that I have no intention of ever removing from there. Yeah. So whatever. It was fun while I played it. It was a lot of fun, but then I found Dota, so then I played that. Mm, yes. Mm, what what else have we played this year that was kind of stand out? I mean, obviously Transistor comes to mind. You know, that was a shitload of fun. It was a really cool game for the four hours it took. You know, I went back to it and I played the new game plus mode and I really enjoyed that because obviously like it's not, not a story thing anymore, but the combat system when the game is a lot harder is a lot more interesting because you've got to really plan your moves out and it becomes a tactics game at that point. So I found yeah. that really intriguing. And I, I liked like coming up with some really cool combos of like, because you can combine the abilities with all the other abilities and give them modifiers and things. Love that. That was, it's got a lot of depth to it. And I think a lot of people will never experience that level of depth because they play the game through once for the story, then never go back to it. Play New Game Plus in that mode, in that game. It's actually worth it because the combat becomes really fun. When did Hearthstone come out? Officially? It's, it's March year. 11th, 2014. I mean, that's got to hmm. be considered on the list i mean it has for some people yeah i mean i put it on the list last year because basically i was playing the beta almost all year so i pretty much said look i i've been playing this game so much i'm just gonna put it on the list like it makes sense so because i mean i i've played a lot of hearthstone this year i know i mean that that's the one thing if ever i'm at a at a LAN or something and there's downtime 80 percent of the people they'll be playing hearthstone in some way like because it's it's the ultimate casual dip in and dip out game yeah you don't totally. have to put in hours of work you can just play for fun and it is it is fun. It gives you a little puzzle to do. It's like a slightly, it, it's not like a sort of uh, farm heroes level casual, but it is that kind of level of ten or fifteen minutes guaranteed. If you need to quit, you can just concede. And it's 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 got that collectability element. I thought it was I thought it was a really clever game, and I I think it's a, a definitely a contender since it came out this year. Yeah, some people apparently uh... complained there was a loud noise in the chat. I don't know what that was all about. You're not a fan, Jesse. No, no, I agree with you. I'm looking at, uh, like, I'm trying to remember what came out this year. Uh, yeah. I would definitely, so much did. I would definitely say Shovel Knight is one of my top games. That was fantastic. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that game. I think South Park's game was the best branded game this year, hands down. I think that was a lot of fun. Um, I had to look this up because I couldn't remember, but apparently this year uh, Revengeance came out in January. So shout out to Metal Gear Revengeance because that that game made yeah, me so happy. Yeah, it did it, on PC anyway. It came out. It was out in 2013. Prior to that, was I it? Mean, yeah, it was on PlayStation Three before that. Well, but yeah, obviously I Revengeance is fucking PC. awesome. Yeah. I've actually got a couple of other ones to to, to suggest. First all right. of all, Divinity: Original Sin. Did you play Agreed. that? Agreed. That was did. a lot of fun. Yeah, I did I not get the that time. Game. That is a great game. It does take Fantastic. a stupid amount of time. And it is yes. incredibly hard, but I still haven't finished it because 
I was deep, balls deep in it, and then I had to go away for about a month. And then when I came back, I was like, I've completely forgotten how to play this game, and I've forgotten where I was, and I have yet to pick it up again. So it's hanging on there. But what about The Last of Us? Did you guys like that game? Fuck The Last nope. of Us. Nope. Whoa! Controls. Sorry. I, 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 I haven't gone back and played the remastered version yet, but on PS3, it was miserable. Not like, a fan. It's like, hey, this game runs below 30 and the controls are so fucking terrible and the combination of the dodgy controls with the low frame rate made it like, I'm just, I'm not controlling I'm so this. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm giving, I'm giving the character a suggestion of where to aim. I'm not actually controlling it. It was so frustrating. Right. I was like, so I'm all thumbs. This is fucking pointless. So I, I will go back. I do have a copy of Remastered. I just never got around to playing it. Uh, I will eventually do that, you know? Wow. That's cold. I love that game. I love that game. Mm. I'll get around Ugh. to it eventually. I'm gutted. Uh, I don't know what I to say. Let's move on. Yep. Cry like some more. To, I like Valiant Hearts. I thought that was a good UB game. Still need to play that too. That's, that, it, again, was just one of the games that I didn't get around to. FTL Advanced Edition. Someone in chat has pointed out. Does that really count? I mean, really? It counts! It was Give a, it a chance. It was a patch. It, come no, on. No, the... The, the hacking modules and the, 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 come on, the new alien and... I mean, I'll, I'll admit I put 30 more hours into it after they did that, but still, you know, it's still a yeah, patch, yeah. you know. It is, yeah, it is a patch. It is. I'm just it's a damn just good grasping. patch, but a patch nonetheless. This War of Mine mm. has, you know, got a decent amount of attention this year, rightfully so, because, of course, it, it is pretty damn good for what it is. You know, it's, it's Misery Sims. Oh, it's basically that game. <laughs> it's a very, very unhappy version of The Sims. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed that great. Well, actually, that's a lie. I didn't enjoy it at all. I was compelled by it. You know, I found it very, very engaging. But, you know, it's not, that's not a game you enjoy because, again, it's, it's miserable. Yeah. Maybe we've run out of Game of the Year things to talk about. What, nah. what else could we talk about? Nah, there's, nah. Pl there's plenty more. There's plenty more possibilities. Games on that, that came one. out this year? Mm. Guilty Gear is <sighs> fucking awesome. Tell you that for a fact. Couple of good fighting games. I believe uh, Persona 4 Ultimax came out this year as well. Which... Warlords of Draenor. Oh, bloody wow. Oh, God. With, with that lot, launch. Look, I had a lot of with fun that with that launch. A lot of fun. The launch launch was no good. I no, couldn't no, play no, for no, a week, no. so... Really? Cut. Yeah. A week. I, look, I just... Look, I know that I lucked out. I feel like... I'm just going to say, Blizzard wanted me to play, so they made my server accessible only... My server, my guild has a lot of, like world first because no one else could play when the raids went up <laughs> what a fucking like surprise it was great look, i didn't do it i was look i think i was out drunk at the time but my guild they rocked it they let destroyed. me just say so, i know them. i know quite a few prominent youtubers that had no problems connecting to the world of warcraft servers Ooh. when the rest of us had issues. Is that I how it went? Up. I see. I'm just going to spread a rumor right now. Something's up, and I've got the facts, and I'm going to release them on the internet. As long no, I look, don't. I will support. I will support your theories as long as the end results in Jaina being a dreadlord, and then we're good, guys. I, I got. I got nothing. I, that was my rage for speaking. I, is is hacking your accounts? Look, I've said for years. I've said for years. And I'll continue to say it. You noticed. Only after Blizzard started making those authenticators did everyone start getting hacked. I'm letting you know right now, <laughs> they were the ones hacking you. Blizzard hacked you, so you'd have to get an authenticator. Just Ooh. letting you know. Ooh. Just letting you know. The juice is being spilled. Yeah, and they also support YouTubers by letting them get online, and Jana is a dreadlord. Boom. Boom. Only some YouTubers. 
Yeah, the only ones. the good ones. Everyone only else, the good they're fucked. We were fucked. Only the good I ones. Was fucked. Me down here in the slums, we were fucked. We're the 1% YouTube. <laughs> Not better. Not better. Yeah, you 1%ers in your ivory towers with your gated communities of WoW servers. Fucking hell. That's, that's Me in the streets thing. with the protesters trying to get on. We're a queue of 1,500 people. Five-hour wait time that never goes down. Game of the year, my ass. It may be good. Uh -huh. I, I couldn't get in, so I stopped playing it. And everyone says, don't bother managing your little castle because every time you log in, it's a shit show. It's just laggy. So I just gave up. I went and played Dota. That's my favorite. That's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I love what I'm saying? My Garrison. It's Conspiracy great. Conspiracy is oh, born God. here. We need a name for it. That's, that's mostly what my wife's been doing for like the last month or so. Just like Garrison stuff and leveling up level 100s. I'm like, God, that's I cannot. I, no interest in going back to it. I'm I feel I'm done with MMOs forever at this point. Honestly, like they're just such a fucking huge time sink. It's like you see yeah. a new one come along and say, "Well, should I get into that?" And then you realize. Now, because the majority of what I'm going to be doing is going to be low quality wasting of hours. You know, MMOs in particular have a huge quantity over quality problem. And I, at the point where there are some really good games that I'm not playing, and if I played an MMO, I feel like I'd be doing those games a disservice. Because, like, I should be playing something better than this. Oh my. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Every time I get into an MMO so for a couple of weeks, then I go, eh. Because, like you said, you've got to put in so much time. And there's always some people who are, like, poop-socking it and... Go on, Jesse. Nothing, nothing. I, 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 I <laughs> love the... You have to put so much time in, but boy, do I love DayZ. Like, to me, it's the exact same thing. Exact Different. same thing. Different, because if I bump into a guy in DayZ who's kitted out, I can still beat him. That's the difference. In, a, in a, those other MMOs, if I'm level 10 and you're level 50, I can't win that fight. Well, yeah, Whereas in I mean, DayZ, if I sneak up on you with right? a shovel... I can go, pow, knock you out with the shovel, kill <laughs> you, and steal, steal all your shit. Your shit. Exactly. Same thing can happen to you, though, and it's like I spent 12 days collecting all <laughs> those things. Like, that's, I could never, do, I can't do that. Well, I I mean, the thing is, a lot of people get the, that that's very compelling to them because the, the element of risk brings that tension to it. And it's, again, the same thing with Eve when you're flying around with valuable stuff. I'm like, I could die at any time. Uh, someone yeah. could just come and murder me, and that, that is a bit compelling, you got to admit. No YOLO for me. Buy life insurance, stay inside. I think it's for young'uns, man. Do it. it is. <laughs> like, do it. I really think that stuff's for young'uns these days. I don't want to play a game when my progress is going to be reset. I don't have the time. Right? Mm -mm. I don't have the nope. time to waste on that stuff anymore. I can understand why people would want to, though, but it's that's completely out of my comfort zone these days. Yeah. I'm just going to ask a question. Do, do you guys have one of the Oculus Rift no. thingies that the dev nope. kit? No, I mean, I Because I was just I'm wondering if you played Alien Isolation with that, because I know you could. Yeah, I'm being and told I, that you can. Yeah. It's I'm got not sure I, I physically could, because I found the game scary enough just as it was. Oh, fuck that. The idea yeah. of being immersed, I mean, yeah, it's fuck that. terrifying. I, I think, honestly, the point that you get to with Oculus Rift uh, is that I just want to wait to see the thing come out and not buy sort of any iteration of it, because it's still not ready, and it's obviously not ready. The last time I tried it, which I think was the... Wasn't the first version of it. I think it's when they went HD with it. I tried it at PAX, and yeah, it was very impressive tech, but simultaneously, it made me sick after five minutes. Because, like, I, I can't I, use it. And the eyes are blue. Yeah, I mean, we all wear glasses. Like, what they need to do with it, which they're working on, is they need to be, you need to be able to set your glasses prescription, essentially, in that thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can't, I don't believe you can currently do that. 
And I think that's what really made me dizzy. I think maybe there was a field of view issue there as well, but I felt very dizzy when playing that. It was it was very difficult to do. I tried the first dev kit when I went to JonTron's place, and I couldn't even use it for more than two minutes. It just hurt my eyes. You know, it's, there's, I think there's a lot more to go with it. I think, obviously, once it is eventually done, it will most likely be, like, a must-have gaming accessory. Like, it will be... Like, if a game has Rift support, and it's, like, the right kind of genre, like a first-person shooter, you'll probably want to play it in the Rift. And it'll replace your monitor in that respect. But until that happens, you know, I'm just going to let them tick over. You know, let them take as much time as they need with it. I hope they don't rush it to market because they've got to get that thing right. They've got like one shot at not fucking up VR again because they tried before and they fucked it up hard. And it's been like yeah. 20 years since then. So, they well, need I mean, to they got right. $2 billion from Facebook. Do you think they're going to fuck it up? <laughs> they got $2 Money does not fix on. problems. Yeah, you, no, you but can't I mean, just they, throw money at the time, problem. right? They've got they time. Do. They, well, yeah. I think the risk is that if it takes too long, then Sony beats them to the punch. And obviously, the, I think Samsung is working on something that's more designed around phones and things like that. So you've got to be a little bit careful with taking too long to make it. But I think they can take a while because I'm pretty sure that neither of those pieces of kit are anywhere near market yet. Yeah, there's quite I think a few Samsung might be, on it. Yeah. but but really, I mean, VR on a fucking phone. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah, that sucks. I'm still not a fan of of any VR that doesn't include the ability to use my hands in some way, because it infuriates me to to be able to move my head but have to use a controller, and it makes it much difficulter. Like it, it, the the difficulty level is like I'm moving, but I also have to move fo- not physically moving with like you're in the world sucks and the thing Mm. is i know they can do it because in 1994 here we go when i went i went to pier 30 something in san francisco with my parents on a vacation and they i went to a a vr like room and they had like a little mat thing that you walked on it moved in different directions you put on the thing this was 1994 sure the world you were in was like you're talking about triangle only treadmills essentially at this point. yeah yeah like it, but you one got successfully kickstarted i know that where the way that they did it was to make it more affordable it's essentially a set of grooves and you put these things on your shoes so you kind of lock into the grooves and you move that way instead of having an actual treadmill which is much more expensive and they were saying like a few hundred dollars gets you one of those apparently like this thing existed i remember its existence oh yeah in, i know uh, you it saw happened. it in all, a bunch of old movies and shit i think it was in fucking hackers and stuff like that as well but that thing costs thousands of dollars like it right, was... but, but, but it's like at a, it was like at an event and that but i'm just saying 20 years later you would assume we wouldn't be back to just like let's make it look good and so you can move your head like the next level is my my hands are involved right like gloves or something where my hands are the actual controllers and if i'm holding like this I'm, i have a gun I'm like there's got to be something I just don't and besides the fact that I can't see anything when I put the damn thing on uh, I, I it needs to be something more than just like it looks nice I don't know it's never it seemed it still seems like a gimmick to me and I'll wait for the day when it's anything more but right now it seems like it's kind of cool but it's not really something that I'm into I mean I, I really don't like think honestly VR is that gimmicky at all I think that you, you t- once they get it right at any rate you're talking about just an alternate way of displaying a video game and, and it's something that you can use instead of a monitor if you're looking for an extra layer of immersion and it's really going to be a personal preference more so than anything else and obviously it's going to make things a little bit harder to create because you're going to have to deal with 
the idea that it's going to have to have a much larger field of view, obviously, in order for it to work like and be immersive. So games are going to have to support that, which means there's going to be a lot of changes made. Like, for instance, a lot of pre-rendered cutscenes and uh, set pieces, scripted events, rely on you having a certain narrow field of view because everything outside of that looks weird. So they've got to completely redo games that are going to properly support Oculus Rift in order to support that. And then you've also got to think about user interface. You can't just use the same UI. I think it was um, Valve was trying it with TF2, and they discovered that the same UI, you can't do it. You've got to change the way the UI works to actually operate properly in VR. So I think there's a lot of technical challenges for games companies to overcome. And I suppose the question is, will it be worthwhile support? Will there be enough of these damn things sold to justify it? I think there probably will. I think there's enough hype behind the Rift that it will sell enough to justify actually putting support in for the games that matter. But... I, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's a gimmick. I really, I really don't like. I think it can genuinely enhance the experience. I, I actually um at, when I went to uh, TI four, I went to Valve and I had a go on their VR setup that they've got. They've got like it's and like you said, it's the whole the whole thing. You put the head thing on again. I had the glasses problem. I didn't wear my contact lenses that day because I'm an idiot. So it wasn't like perfect. But after a few minutes, got used to it. Now the lag that they've got and everything like that, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. There's no sound uh, that they're sort of brilliant at the moment, but it's good enough. And they've got a series of sort of demonstrations, if you like. And it's so immersive. And the textures are so good. And you can actually move around the room. Like it's full room. So the whole room it's in, as you walk around, it changes your perspective and what you're looking at. So it's not that kind of fixed Oculus Rift. I'm sat in a seat. I can look around. It's just like a fancy version of Free Look, right? It's actually immersive and rather than have games they've got a series of things like you're on like a planet and you're looking around the planet and stuff and mm -hmm. you sort of you're in a room with a robot and you can press your head through the robot and see different layers of the internal workings of it and stuff just mm -hmm. as a sort of show off and i was talking to the guys about it and saying there's no way if it's this immersive because afterwards i was like holy shit this was ridiculous there's no way that you could have an actual shooter like a traditional Call of Duty shooter that's that immersive and still have people just say, ah, it's just a game. Because it, honestly, it would be weird if it's that real that you're actually physically moving and physically shooting someone. I wonder what effect that's going to have on people when they play a game compared to just using a mouse where you completely know it's a game. I do wonder what kind of mental I don't connection know. you'd have with it. I, I still obviously side with adults can distinguish fantasy from reality and fucking yeah. prove me wrong is my default position on anything regarding things I'm like video game violence and immersion. I'm not saying it's going to make people run out and, and kill people, but I'm saying that the, like, the effect it had on me just walking around a room and looking at a robot was that I completely felt I was there. And I was like in, instinctively ducking. There was like one demonstration that had whirling shapes above you, and I turned around and there was one coming right for me, and I just instinctively ducked. And it's that kind of connection with the physical that I wonder, with a game, you're just looking and you're just playing. But once you cross into virtual reality, I'm not saying that someone's going to come out with a shooter with the Oculus Rift and people are going to run around murdering each other, but it is going to have an effect on how you design games and, and what's going to happen. Because you're you going to have to change the whole way you design games. You do lose yourself. Like, I don't know that I've ever had the experience where it's been like, oh, my God, this is super real. But you do – I have lost myself in that world too much where, like, I – every time I've used a Rift, I have always been in, like, some weird showpiece where, like, you're either – there's one where it's, like, a bunch of chairs stacked up on top of each other and you're at the very top. And there's, like, no – and you have, like, chairs are falling down around you. Or there's, you know, I'm flying through space or different things. And by the end of it, because I move so much, 
I still think I'm facing exactly straight ahead. And when I pull it off, I'm like three feet over and like around a corner. And I'm like, right. what the hell just happened? And like that, I think is is an interesting thing to think about is mm. is losing yourself in the game. But I I still feel like as it stands right now, most VR is you know like tech demos and things that we could like i don't yes. know where we're at like i it's gonna be years years and years and years before we yeah. see something well, viable in vr well, and i just don't you know i don't think it's the technology i really don't think it's the technology i think that the, the the way you have a game that involves vr we need to completely change the way we design games yes like we're designing things around corridors and rooms and like you said set pieces and you look this way and a monster comes out of a door so you need to come the game developers that need to work it's like gonna it's like going back to square one of game development because it's completely changes the realm of you need to make the player look this way how do you do that how yeah what, yeah what you, i mean you, can, you, you can't really do it without without screwing with it i think like the easiest way that you can do it in that situation is if you're doing a scripted event where the player's head turns you still let them have some freedom of being able to look around a little bit but simultaneously, that's really strange, isn't it? Because if you think about it from the perspective of your in-game character, your in-game character is turning his head and he's not going like this while he's doing that's, it. That's you know? actually where you, you fall over because when yeah. you're standing up with the headset on and something's happening, you actually feel like one of the things is they have a platform and they say, right, step off the platform. And you actually feel a, a physical sort of desire not to just for a moment before you remember oh yeah, yeah. this is okay it's mm -hmm. just a game but the idea of your head turning instinctively without you controlling it would throw you out of the game completely so they'd have right. to completely redesign how they did games like you wouldn't be able to have like a wolfenstein for instance just chuck a vr headset on that's the problem is that we're taking well, I mean, you games can, that we play it's regularly. just not going to be as effective is it you know it's yeah, going to drag you right out yeah. of the experience and you're going to have to have a high enough adoption rate to justify creating because you this is not something you can just turn on an options menu exactly you're going to have to yeah. re there are some games i imagine where you could have a vr mode where they redo some of the scripted sequences but obviously that's expensive takes a lot of development yeah. time and then of course if you go whole hog you got to say well I, i'm developing this game entirely with the idea that you're playing on an oculus rift and right. uh, i don't know I, I think maybe my theory on it is maybe you can go you can be backwards compatible in the sense that you design a game for a Rift, but the, the functionality you've put in for the Rift is still functional on a regular monitor. Think about it for a second. Like, is it actually necessary on a regular monitor to drag your head around like that in a scripted sequence? It really isn't, but that's the way that they choose to do it to make sure it's like, this is the optimal camera angle for this scripted event to be the most effective. There's nothing stopping them, well, not doing that. You know, maybe that's just a, a design philosophy when it comes to scripted events that needs to go the way of the dodo. Yeah, it's just easy, isn't it? It's just yes. much easier that way, yeah. Of course. I think the best VR games to start with are definitely going to be simulators, like space simulators. Sims. Elite, Elite yeah. obviously, is like a driving games, stuff like yes, that. Yes, yeah. driving games, definitely. But the next, I think, would be best is if they could come up with <clears throat> VR versions. Like, I, I'm convinced PT as a VR headset game would be spot on. Because it isn't a horror game that makes you, like, forces you to look places. Like, if you go to the radio, the radio will be like, and then we can go like, look behind you. And so you actually would have to, like, look. Be and no one's going to do that. Like, it, it doesn't force you to do things. It doesn't force you to get the scares. You stumble upon scares. But many times you can completely avoid them by just being like, no, no, yeah, I will not. That. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to move forward. I'm not an idiot. I'm not going in that room. 
yeah, that's kind of the next level of like I open a door and then something's on the other side and I recoil and the door shuts, right? Like that's kind of the scare that would work with a VR. I think most scary games, you're right. You're in a hallway and it forces you to go somewhere and do something. And I think and that drags you out because you know you yeah. wouldn't that wouldn't you're not doing that. That's not the action that you're taking. And I think the PT's cute because you're in a hallway. And it's forcing you to keep moving forward, but at the same time, the scares don't come from that. That's just the action of the game. The scares come from you being a dummy and exploring and looking at things and staying yeah. too long and being too afraid. And I think that's that's sort of the next, like, things like that would, I think, spark an entire mm -hmm. uh, wave of VR games. Because once people mm -hmm. see a successful VR game, then great minds will just be like, I have a crazy idea. Like, if there's a VR... Imagine the, the, like, you're, I think, oh, God, I think you're actually right. VR games that have you set in, like, a war-torn jungle or something, right? You're, you're hiding in bushes. You're doing, like, that, oh, man, the possibilities are endless. Unfortunately, yeah. it also requires a lot of time and money and effort, and we're way far off. Like, those people who are like, it's almost 2015. Where's my Back to the Future hoverboard? Good luck with all that. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it turns out that shit's really expensive. Yeah, and it's not really and expensive. Totally it's fucking pointless. Yeah. Like, why has no one developed a hoverboard? Because it has no practical value. That's why. What? Fuck that. You saw Mar Marty got away from those guys because of the hoverboard. If he had a regular yeah, skateboard, he would have gone in that lake. No It problem. didn't work on water. It didn't work on water. That's what if he had a jet ski instead? What if he just had a jet ski? That would work. Or a boat. Well, I thought he did go across water. He grabbed onto no, something. No, it started he? to peter out while it was. Oh, on the it doesn't water. work on water. Then it's really shitty. Then what's the point? He went. He that's right. He, he was pedaling on the water and nothing happened. How yeah. did he get off the water? I, it's been a while since I saw Back I, to the Future Two. Because this all so sounds sure like something you could do with a bike. Something. Also, mm, also Jaws Thirteen, where it came off the screen and attacked <laughs> you. Yeah, no, all, yeah. all that stuff is. I'm so glad. I want to point out. The only versions of the future that actually seem lifelike are the dystopian, horrible uh, ones. Horrible ones. Blade <laughs> everything else, everything <laughs> oh, else is no. like 2027. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to be... No. 2027 will look just like now, except we'll have like tinier fucking iPods. It'll be the exact, <laughs> like, it'll be the exact same yeah. thing. We might have self-driving cars by then. I think that like it probably by it, it, by then we'll probably end up having that technology. That's that's already self like... Self-driving cars? Probably. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, all, they're putting them on the road this year, if I recall correctly, without any of the actual pedals and the driver in there to stop them from... You know, that's when Tom to Cruise uses his, like, gesturing yeah. to track you down and kill, get you before you kill someone. That, that, yeah, the thing is, like, I, I've seen people, uh, all of the films that do that, I'm like, how, why is this more practical than a mouse and keyboard? Because the answer is it probably fucking isn't. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it, it reminds me, actually, there was this one scene in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that really, like, made it obvious how stupid the system was when one of the uh the, the scientist guys were off the off the plane and one of the other characters had to manipulate had to use the the thinking computer and you couldn't figure out what the gesture was to get something done it was like use a regular computer this is why this shit is stupid because you gotta know all this stuff instead of it being practical i just click an icon then it comes up it's like oh what well, i did i know i need to craft some arcane spell in order to get this stuff up now it's yeah. bloody useless also if they want to clear stuff off the screen they always have to do this dramatic swipe yes yeah, like, you can just what? right click that homie just right click just click, uh, click, delete click, click, no the problem. there's a reason why <laughs> our current operating systems work the way that they do because it's the most efficient way to do it that's why they're all so fit in the future because they're doing that damn <laughs> yes. swipe over and over yeah. again <sighs>
in the future, Working the only out. video game is Fruit Ninja, and our society has adapted to that. Therefore, this is all you do all the time. Taco Bell won the food wars. It all makes Pizza sense. Hut Pizza won Hut. it. Pizza, Pizza Hut, Hut won it. Yeah. Defending. Me and Pyrian know that Pizza Hut won it. The American version is the false god. I, I don't can, like Pizza look, Hut. I'm, st I I'm, I'm sorry. I hate Pizza Hut. Of course you do. It's shit. It is bad. Yeah. I can't, fair, it's better I can't in the UK wait. than it is over here. Is it really? Yeah, it's terrible Jesus over here. Holy Christ. fuck. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Look at the UK version. Then imagine that the US version is three times worse. Oh. You don't, don't like Pizza Hut is desperation incarnate. It's like I have no food in the house. I'm not willing to hunt the rat that's in my garage. So I'm going to order Pizza Hut. Wow. Guess who's not getting a sponsorship this year? <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, I was about to say. You don't want an I just eat pizza TV. I, I I don't want to look at that. I'm like, what has the world come to? We've lost, and they're just left. Pizza Hut has YouTuber pizzas. It's they do. The best. They do. The best. For some stupid reason. YouTuber pizzas? What yeah, they had about? a couple of YouTubers do a pizza design and put them on the website. It was just yep. so silly. I don't know. Rooster Teeth pizza? The Rooster Teeth? Yeah. No, the Rooster Teeth podcast pizza. Yes, Not just specifically. Rooster, just podcast. Yeah, I assume it was some sponsorship agreement, but it was just the most surreal thing I've seen. It's like, God. Hmm. I mean, look, I just, I desperately want to try it. I want to try the I Justine pizza. Well, order one then. <laughs> I, that mean I'd have to call Pizza Hut and then. I'm eat sorry. The what Pizza call? Are you in? Are you in 1992? You realize you can order online, right? I never. Every time I order online, it always shows up awful. I like to call and be like, "Look, I'm that old man who's like, what do you mean shows up offline? <laughs> Pizza the website's never down. It's always there. Jesus. I don't. It's always wrong. Always uh. wrong. Every time I get it, I have to rely on someone to be able to read whatever comes through the interwebs to them. <laughs> oh, them fucking up is not got nothing to do with the website. It's because they're bad at their jobs. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's... I'd rather call them and, and listen to them and be like, "I'm sorry. What would you like on your pizza?" Like, all right, fourteen year old, this and is then what they I fucking want. judge you because you want to change the ingredients. It's like, don't mess with the arcane secret recipe. It's like, I will mess with this fucking recipe. If demons come through the vortex as a result of me messing with the recipe, that's gonna fucking happen. You're just gonna have to deal with it. Have you not been into a Burger King, Jesse, and had them fuck had up him the your simplest way. of orders? Like that, that it meant to be have it your way. I wanted to order two quarter pound of cheese meals or whatever the fuck the 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 bacon double cheeseburger meals. Yeah. I wanted a kids meal. That comes with a drink, and the drink was orange juice. And then I wanted just a cheeseburger and just a lemonade, and she could not understand the order. And this happens every fucking time I go to Burger King. Yeah. The moment you deviate from meal one, meal two, go, they even they push a button. They you say lemonade, they push the lemonade button. It spits it out on the screen. Get a lemonade, idiot! And they still can't fucking do it. I, I want to point out this is May my I favorite. I suggest not little, going to Burger King anymore. This is my favorite Burger King thing. They, here in the Why States, are we even talking uh, about this? It's too much fun to end the show. We're talking about Burger King. This is a great show. They have a sandwich called the Yumbo. It is what? a ham and cheese sandwich. It's ham and cheese. Okay. Why is it called the Yumbo? It's just a fucking ham and cheese sandwich. Right. But the point is, if you read the reviews, everyone's like, it's awful. It's disgusting. How do you screw up a ham and cheese sandwich? It's ham and cheese. <laughs> By getting but poor quality it. ham and cheese, I imagine. But they do it, so I don't I don't go to Burger King. I haven't been to Burger King in too damn long, and probably for good reason. It's Because it's awful. It's pretty terrible. It's a ham and cheese sandwich, guys. You could literally, for the price of a ham and cheese sandwich at Burger King, you go buy bread, Make ham, and cheese, and eat them. it every day for a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, for real. Yeah. How do you fuck up a ham and cheese sandwich? Oh, I do the reviews are the best. They're like, I remember eating the sandwich in the 70s, and it was so much better than this one. 
What? I remember eating Time's ham changed. in the 70s. Like, what have yeah. we been doing? Oh, God. It's actually the end of the show. I don't even know if we said it one worthwhile thing this entire show, but that's what you're getting, folks. That's how it's going to be. So let's... Uh, yeah, I suppose people can talk about what's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. So, Pyrian, where's your channel and what can they expect? Uh, just Google Pyrian Flax and I think I'm the top Pyrian Flax link you'll find on Google. You are the number uh, one Pyrian Flax in the UK. That's right. My YouTube channel is there. Follow me at Pyrian Flax. It's all pretty much the same name. And uh, I mainly make Dota videos, but occasionally I find another game. Like I did a Mobius playthrough because it was such a miserably awful game. Uh, and I finish it. But more often than not, I start a game playthrough and then I abandon it because the game is too boring or too bad. So don't expect complete games from me. Uh, I just play them until I get bored and then I'm done. Yep. Good advertisement right there. Indeed. You did it. You definitely did it. Jazzy, what's coming up? Uh, I will simply say that 12,000 more hours of Dragon Age. Get ready for I that. Just, I bet you're fun. still in the Hinterlands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh no I, I moved to the storm coast and discovered that that place was like just as bad yes it There's is so why why do people keep lying like everyone says oh no just get out the hinterlands it's amazing no the storm coast is just a smaller rainier version of the hinterlands <laughs> it's, it's, exactly the desert's thing. a sandier version of the hinterlands it's all like that oh god so lots of stuff lots of collecting Stop finding pretending. lots of elf fruit gotta get that elf fruit god um herb collecting <laughs> simulator 2014 <laughs> And, See, and uh, I bet I bet you hate that, Jesse, having to collect all the elf fruit and no, everything. No, 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 here's the deal. I'm a loot whore, but I like it because I shit. collect uh, it and I can spend it. Yeah. And if I die, I don't lose it. That's the thing. Uh, okay. I feel like the time I, I put into shit. it, the time I put into it is rewarded. Unlike okay. other games where the time I put into it, then I get screwed if I die. <laughs> this is supernaturally rewarded because I can resurrect. That's I the gotcha. difference. Uh -huh. I got you, uh, I got you. And Scary Game Squad will return. We have a whole series done, and it's ridiculous. And uh, I get so scared that I spill everyone else's drinks. Drunk, scary game playing. It's fun. Oh, my. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. A bunch of other things. Uh, we're we're going to do fun things. Also, people keep bugging me, so I'm going to say it now. My uh, The Geek and Sunday show I'm doing will be out in January. So cool. calm your tits. Very cool. Uh, it is an educational <laughs> show. Where smart people tell me things that I don't know the answer to. So, there you go. January. Now stop bugging me every five minutes. <laughs> Mwah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I'll probably, uh, let's see. So, Podcast Archive should be out on Thursday as usual. And then there is, I'm shooting for the top 10 of 2014 to be out tomorrow, but I can't guarantee it. I've done all the audio. I've got all the videos downloaded for it, but I've got to do the edits. And I... I'm going to be honest, I might get to the end of tonight and decide that I'm too tired to finish it. So I will try. I will try, but I've got to go in for chemo tomorrow. So priorities, you know, and I'll probably take a couple of days off after that. And then we'll try to get back to WTF is because all I've been doing for like the last two weeks, because I decided to take kind of a couple of weeks off for Christmas has been doing the Sailbox video. So I'll be back to WTF is. And I think it's mostly going to be trying to catch up on the games from 2014 that I missed. So I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I still haven't done my video on Dragon Age, so I've got a lot to do. So that's Wait, so you're doing more than, like, your top 10 isn't your award show? No, no, no. I'm going to top 10 as well. Did I watch an hour and 35 minutes of your crappy award show thinking that was your top 10 too? <laughs> Only now to discover that it's not your top 10 video, but some other entire... You're an asshole, sir. You're a giant asshole. <laughs> Hour and 35 minutes. 
It's just like Do you, re- you didn't oh, no, realize when there was no category that said game of the year that it wouldn't be that. <laughs> but I figure like it's hard. Like you, these are the things that I like this year. I didn't think you were gonna do a top ten. I did a top I ten like, as well, man. We're doing it. Yeah, it's a more traditional top ten. I do it every year. I've done it for like the last four years. I'm gonna do it. So, you know, that I've got all the audio done for my actual straight up top ten, which is you know a top ten is going to be coming out. Hope I said hopefully tomorrow, but I'm not gonna guarantee it because. The edit on that to make it look not fucking awful takes a bit of time. So we'll see if I can do it tonight without falling asleep. Maybe, maybe not. But that pretty much wraps it up, folks. Thank you very much for watching the show. As always, thanks for making the Corruptional Podcast a very successful show this year. It's been doing really, really well. And we're obviously very happy that we've been able to move it to my channel and not lose the entire audience. So that's a plus. And you should be expecting, I believe, an animated episode quite soon. I believe the animator was a bit busy, so he had to wait until after Christmas. So he's going to be finishing off his... I'm going to send him an email after this to find out when it's going to come along. But thanks for a great 2014, folks. And we will see you next week in the future, in 2015, the year of hoverboards and self-driving cars. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.